Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Wednesday night. <clears throat> you know what that means. It is definitely time for the Mark Order Podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, man. Sorry. Looking at stuff. Oh. Isn't that nice? Um, welcome, everybody. To the Mark Order Podcast, episode 91. 91? Seems like a lot. Uh, here on the Shining Wizards Network. Um, Ant Money here with apparently Emperor Palpatine. No, no. It's Ryan here reporting from outside Santa's workshop as he prepares for his trek across the globe. A little oh, chilly here in the North Pole. I didn't know you were on uh I didn't know you were on location tonight. Hold on, allow me to show you. See, I'm on everybody thinks Santa's workshop is this huge thing. No, it's just him in a shed. Yeah, I mean, you would think a shed makes the most sense. Um, that's where you can I guess create all the latest toys with your microchips and processors. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. That story tracks. Exactly. So I'm What's here the live reporting. Schlong? Uh, negative thousand, I'm pretty sure, here up here at the North Pole. I am you know, losing limbs as we speak. You know, it's not even uh, it's not even a joke. I think I heard on the news before they said this morning, or at some point today, with the wind chill in Montana, it was like negative 70. Oh, well, I could tell you here at Santa's workshop, it is cold, but we are holly and we are jolly. I was going to appreciate uh kate's costume but it looked like it was a uh it was not a hat kate is that true no it's a stocking but i also have a hat around i saw you I may be doing like, mine put it on yep i may be doing mine because my hat is lost somewhere i had a hat it is i don't have one i'm just gonna be honest i don't have one she has a scarf of course she, she does, does have she a scarf mjf or Mariah Carey. Either way, it works. All she wants for Christmas. I'll take her badonkadonk. dunk. It's so basic. It's tatas. She's wild, but you know, I would certainly spend an evening with Mariah Carey. Sure. Just, if anything, Anna's watching you. 
If anything, just to hear her ramble on and on, I would certainly would. I'd be more interested in that than a performance of hers. I mean, I'll take some performance of hers. Boom. Hey-o. My guy. Uh, so I'm going to uh, get way too hot keeping this gimmick up, so there you go. Ryan Schlong uh, is <laughs> stripping hey. down. Stripping down. He's uh, too hot even for the North Pole at this time of year. Uh, it is the winter solstice today, right, everybody? So happy winter. It's officially winter. It is. It is winter today. Uh, hi, everybody in the chat. Longer What's that? The days out. are getting longer from here on out. You're right. Today was they the shortest are. day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Schlong's here. Kate's here. I'm here. We all appreciate each other and love each other. So that's good. We do. No tension here on the, the A show. Mm-mm. That's right. We're all loving each well, other. You say that, but uh Aunt, I need to uh have a word with Kate. Okay. How fucking dare you not have a hat? How fucking dare you? We um, expect better of you. We put in time, we put in effort, and it gets everything lined up. I'm at the North fucking pole, and all you can offer me is a scarf with two balls. Between Aunt and I, there's at least three of them. We don't need two more. So I just don't appreciate what you're doing here. Um, that was like that felt more like HR was talking to me than an angry podcast host. I get a lot I, of talks from HR about bringing my balls into the office, so that's that's why I feel that way, probably. But and sorry, I just don't have that <laughs> that that anger in me that he. You don't have out, uh, you don't have the fire. It's about drive. It's about power. You use your powers for good and not for evil. So. I was going to say, Ryan, Ryan and Kate, maybe out of all of us, you guys are the only ones who can probably do the whole screaming gimmick. Uh, I can't pull that off. I'm right next to a sleeping child in this room. I would prefer not to yell when my new dog is around. (laughs) True. So it's not that I can't get the volume of my voice loud. It's that I just can't pretend to have that fire that we saw on other shows. No, you're like upsettingly nice. You bitch. Case in point. <laughs> Guys, can't we all just get along and we love each other? We can just get along. We're here to talk about wrestling. I thought Dynamite was mostly strong tonight. Uh, oh, I, I, I cannot wait to hear Kate's rant about a certain segment. We'll get there. We'll get to Dynamite. We certainly will. It was uh, so good. And then the one thing that missed was just like, I, I would rather have it been Jeff Jarrett. That's how fucking bad it was. Ooh. Don't worry, we saw Jeff Jarrett, though. We did. We did. Get off um, the fucking screen, Jeff Jarrett. How is Miro not on my screen, but I got these clowns. They got nothing they for got them. my TV time. That's where my fire is directed. It's not either you people. That's right, I'll point my balls at you. Well, you're pointing the wrong. You should have went up. Yeah. There you go. It's a little flaccid, you know? So it is... No, uh, we don't have a blue chew, chew ad to segue to, Kate. That's I right. I would Someday. love a blue chew. I would love a blue chew ad. You would just love a blue chew. No, trust me. Don't eat it. <laughs> We're good. Um, I don't either, but for other reasons. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, so happy Hanukkah, everybody who celebrates. Um, it is uh Christmas week. You guys all ready for the big day? 
Uh, not fully, but I'm I'm almost done. I just have some things to pick up at the mall. But I'm very excited, except now we're getting this bomb cyclone, which is how I described tonight's Parker Bordrope segment. Mm-hmm. But I'm, this weather is fucking up the, the ball game for me, fellas. Why is it fucking up the ball game for you? Ah, because we got to get my sister home from the city, and she's got her dog, and I got my dog, so she's got to get to where my parents are in Bucks County. It's like a whole, it's a whole to-do. It's not actually that much of a to-do. It's just that my mom has to put a magnifying glass over it and make it into one, because it's basically like, oh yeah, we're probably going to get some snow. We'll go, we'll do, well, we'll grab her on Christmas. Not really, though. Well, she was going to actually... come home the 23rd, so... Yeah, but I'm, I mean, not to be a geek, I'm looking at the New Jersey, like the weather guy. Nerd! What a and dork. he's got all of where you are in just the rain territory. The, but Ryan, there's a steep drop off and that rain is supposed to freeze, which is the concern. But we're taking a day today. I love the holiday season. It's like my favorite thing. It's my favorite time of year. You are basic white girl. I very much am. I very much am. That all tracks. Well, good. Shalong, you How about already? you fellas? He's in weather app mode, man. He totally well, I'll, I'll talk to you, Aunt. Are you ready for Christmas? Was... Go ahead, Schlong. Go ahead. No, no, no. I no, I don't care about. I don't care about Ryan's Christmas anymore. He had a oh, shot. Oh boy. Hold on. You only get one shot. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to talk about. Oh no, about I can't. I Christmas. can't give her. This I can't give her that much. Oh come on! I thought that was funny. Oh god. <laughs> Are you ready for Christmas? Yes, most of my nieces and nephews have gone to cash now as their gifts. Mm-hmm. They've aged out of presents and gone to cash. So that's made it very easy. Yeah, cash is king. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, do a gift card. Yeah, but a gift card doesn't really. No, they love cash. Limited. When kids see cash, like, I could spend this on anything. Exactly. That's true. Cash. What about you, Ant? That's good. Yeah, we're we're ready. Um, I don't know if I I don't think I said it last week. So, you know, we were had maybe had like one or two other things for, uh, you know, to get. Santa takes care of a lot of stuff, but you know, mom and dad have to to give a couple things to. Yeah, chip in. Yeah, you guys support the big guy. So you know, it's uh, Santa gets you presents but mom and dad get you you know the big presents right so it's like we were um just making sure we had everything in addition to what santa has and um i said to mrs money there's a couple things i think you know left that he sort of said he wanted there were a couple games for nintendo so i said i'll i'll grab those so i grabbed them and um and mrs money said cool let's we'll do a an inventory of what we have just to make sure we're we're good and so, I don't know, I knocked off on the couch and she woke me up and she said, hey, I have all his gifts out. Let's do an inventory. So I go into our room and the gifts are spread out on the bed. Literally, our entire bed was covered with presents. I was like, he's fucking done. We're finished. He's good. Spoiled boy. So but that I was like, that's why what did I even get these for? games? Sure. I, what are, I what are the hot those? games? Uh, he wanted, so he wanted one of the Pokemon games, but you know, Pokemon requires a lot of reading and he can't read yet. So I was like, probably not a good idea, but like, you need to be a little older. So he wanted, um, super smash brothers. 
So we did Super Hell Smash yeah. Brothers. And then there was one other one. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was something that was uh was good for him for Nintendo. Um I think so, I told you that was one of two games I would play in college and I would just be curving and turn myself into a rock until someone killed me at the end. But I would always be like one of the last two. Sure. And I would just always play Kirby and always turn myself into a rock and nobody fucked with me because they knew I was easy to beat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so they were like, whatever, we'll just let her last till the end. And then the second she's not a Dwayne, she's not the rock. Right. Punch her into Kirby. the atmosphere. Is she Johnson? And then she's like, Wee! That was the best part. I just can't. I wish I could remember what the other game was. Super Smash Brothers and whatever. I'll think of it in the middle of the show and just yell it out. But those were the games. But here's the problem. I I found myself a PS5 last week. I was lucky enough. I was up one morning doing something and I had I got a notification from Best Buy on my app. Not about a PS5. It just said you have a message or something like that. And it was about the TV we had just bought from them because they had it installed. I guess they wanted me to do a survey or something. And I just said, fuck it, I'm just going to look real quick. And they had it. So I went to Mrs. Money and said, I'm sort of in this dilemma. I just, you know, we just spent all this money on TV. Do I do I sink the additional, you know, whatever, 600 into the system? And she was like, just do it. She's like, Merry Christmas. That's your gift. So <laughs> Perfect. So I even said to her, I don't know if this is even going to be real because you know, I've seen so many things where it's like you order it and um, and like, you know, sometimes like it orders it and then it's like, oh, it's canceled because we don't have it. And I ordered it on a Monday and it said you could pick it up on Friday. So I said, OK, we'll see. And um, I actually got a notification to pick it up on a Thursday. So it was early. And I went and got it and I was like, son of a bitch, this is real. So I set it up. And he saw it the next day and he's like, let's play that PlayStation. And I'm like, well, all I have is God of War. And that's not really for you. And he's like, OK, we'll get a game. And I was like, yeah, that's not how this works, pal. Like, this is mine. You know, when I get something, you can play it. But this is mine. Nintendo's sort of yours. Not not how it's been working out in this house. <laughs> you really yeah, want told you that you really want like, to play that goddamn PlayStation. Um, yeah, he was like about that. Not so much. Like, so there is a chance that there's a last minute like PlayStation game that gets bought with him in mind. Maybe like the Sonic. There's some sort of Sonic game that's on. Yeah, Sonic Generations, I think, is it? Yeah. yeah Hell yeah. Cool. Aww. I just yeah, love though that already. because the Switch is popular with kids again, you could be like, I'm just going to get him one of those Nintendo games. And it sounds like you're like an 85-year-old grandmother, but you're actually being accurate and you're getting him one of those Nintendo cool games. Stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and he he really likes playing the Nintendo because he can play it on the TV or he can be like, can I play it just sitting here on the couch like in my hands? And I'm like, yes, you can. So I don't have to watch what you're doing on TV. Sure. So, um, so yeah, he likes Nintendo, but he saw that fucking PlayStation and was like, let's turn this on. Let's go. And I'm like, you really can't. You can't get into God of War. It's a little too much. So yeah, I don't right even now, know am... the game, but it it's called God of War. So it's about a god who goes to war. Mm-hmm. He's like chopping off heads and stuff. Yeah, it's wow. What a swerve yeah. based on the title. Right now, I'm replaying Red Dead Redemption Two because somebody's Tuesday night co-host started streaming it on YouTube and got me back into the fucking game that I hadn't played in a while. I don't 
play any games, but that game is graphically like so stunning. And it's that game so is good. old. Yeah, yeah, it was 2018, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Couple... It's beautiful. It's like beautiful to watch the just the scenes play out. You feel like you're there. Yeah, gorgeous. There are like I was at a crossroads for a while because it was like, do I get some of these games for PS4? But I'm looking for a PS5. I was looking for a while. So like I didn't get baseball. I didn't get basketball. You know, I don't really play Madden, but I like baseball, I like basketball. I like a couple other things. And um, I didn't get them. But now that all of those seasons are pretty much done, like last year's versions are old. So I was like, now I'm just going to wait till next year, you know, and get the the newer versions. So I'm pretty much in a place. Come out in advance of the season they're in. Like, will will the baseball one come out like late March, early April? Kind of okay. Yeah, it comes out right I truly know season. nothing about. And they and this nowadays world. they all have live updates to rosters, so that if you're if things change, like if you do get it in June, and you know the teams have already made moves, you can say I want the latest one, and it'll have the changes yeah. all made. Sure, like if you have a player that you pay three hundred and sixty million dollars, and he gets named captain, they can go put a C on his uniform. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or if uh, you bought the game thinking your big signing was going to one team and then winds up going to another team the day after his press conference was supposed to happen. Yes, those types of things will be worked out. And the rumor were health issues. And then you find out, nope, it's just that he changed his mind. Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. I'm so intrigued to see what else we find out about that story because that's crazy. All I know is... All I know is if you're a Met fan, you better hope this fucking works out with him playing third base. Because if it doesn't, you got a long time in the fucking doghouse and a it's, lot of money. It's they're so um, it's like their left side of the infield is either set for a decade or it's not. You or know, it's what I mean? like, right. this, this I is a like we say that about World every Series player. robust move. Yeah, I no, like, but they're paying over 100 million in in tax. Yeah, this but this is like we built either built a dynasty or we are the basement for the next two decades. Like they yeah. really did leave themselves very little room. I and still like Philly's shot at the basement. division. I still like Philly's chance at winning winning the the, uh, the National League. Yeah. It depends. Have... It I think it's God, it's so much about depth now. But I, I, in general, I just like it when owners give a shit, and they've they've done a ton of work across town. Like, you look at teams like the Reds or whatever, and it's like, God, that must just be so miserable. When or look at the Red Sox. Like, I I tweeted the other day because I just I was like, this isn't even me being a Yankee fan taking a dunk on a Red Sox fan. Like, I genuinely don't know if they know what they're doing because they're not rebuilding, but they're also not really retooling. Like, yeah. I'm just they're in such a weird purgatory and Red Sox fans ain't happy. I, I wouldn't be either, but I like it in, in any sport when ownership gives a shit again. And the Mets did not have <laughs> people right. that gave a shit for a really long time. So well, I didn't good. mean, I didn't mean to jump us to baseball, but just to close right. loop on the video game stuff. Um, so I didn't really buy any of those new games. So I am Ryan, like I'm going to be going back to red dead Two. Because like I never really got so far into it, so I'm I'm just gonna put it in the PS5 and um, start over probably. And then uh, yeah, I ended up getting it on my PC because my Xbox busted, so that's where I originally had it, mm -hmm. and it was cheaper on the PC than the PS5. I will say though, if you're looking for a game 
at least out right now that takes full advantage of like the PS5, Ratchet and Clank of all things. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Although the few minutes I had on God of War, uh, it looked. Great. You know what? That was that was pre God of War. God of War so amazing, but God of War is just. But I also have to. Game. I have to finish. I. It was during the pandemic, and then I got so bogged down with stuff. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I never got really. That is that. one of my top five favorite games of all time. Never got too deep into that. I also have to finish up Last of Us 2. There's a lot that I have to kind of go back. If you want to see a beautiful game, Ghost of Tsushima is just gorgeous. It was beautiful on the 4. I can't wait to put it in the 5 and see how it sort of upstreams. And they've upgraded it for the 5. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, I'm not rebuying it. I'm just like not in that business. I didn't rebuy that. I rebought Red Dead because I don't have any other way of getting it. And it was cheap on the PC. So I was like, okay. Man, your life is just surrounded by like... Between metal bands and video games and wrestling tag teams, you just got like Gates of Agony, God of War. <laughs> like you got all the like corniest uh, cliche kind of names for <laughs> for yeah. shit in your life. <laughs> yeah, what I love is that's his stuff. And meanwhile, this is what I'm enjoying. <gasps> Was that Ernest? Hell Ernest yeah! Saves Christmas baby, that's a good one. Kate, I gotta ask you, and we can do, and I'm I'm willing to. Well, that's weird. Why is it being so weird? Pre-pitch a show for you. So you host on Thursdays. Uh, it's on TV, a show called Get the Flick Out of Here with your sour co-host. It turns out I already do. <laughs> what? It turns out I already do such a thing. However. I know you do. I'm saying you do. I'm yes. plugging it. But I heard that you guys were doing Ernest Saves Christmas. We are. It's fantastic. Okay, that's all. That's all. If it got negative, you have no. I we would have had no. to do the double screen again because I legitimately would have lost my mind on Kate. Oh well, now I wish I had baited you into it, but no, it's such a good movie. That's actually kind of why we chose it. Is it's like we did the Halloween one, and I didn't remember those from when I was little, but I I actually really liked it. And he was like, "Wait till we get to the Christmas one," because he was like, "I watch Christmas it every one's year. the best, but <laughs> Halloween one is really good." Yeah, Scared Stupid. I I do like the Christmas one, but Scared Stupid might personally be my my favorite. I love I it. He's he's was such a good actor. Like he obviously found his thing and stuck with it. But I was like, compared to a lot of the other stuff, especially that was directed at kids, like it was really good. If you were a parent, you have no concerns about what you're showing your kid. There's 100%. nothing in there that's like, yeah, you know. It, so that I just okay. It's just silly and fun. Simple. But like I remembered. I remembered being little and like that actor and the silliness, but I didn't remember like the movies. So it's been fun to fun to go back and watch them. But. Yeah, I, I did, but that's maybe because they're a regular viewing for me. So there you go. There is a Jim Varney. Jim Varney was the guy who played uh, Ernest. Uh, Gordon Post, I think, asking is he still alive? No. He's not. He's passed. Lung cancer. Um, but I believe he was like this Shakespearean actor. Like he was like this well trained actor. And then he did commercials. Um, yes. As Ernest. Commercials. Yep. I think it was Duracell or some battery commercial. He's like, rrr, 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 and that's where it got made. Two facts about him. Well, really now one, because the one was the commercial. The second was he died of lung cancer because he was an avid smoker. So at the end of his life, he was like, fuck you. He was very hard to go against kid. Like he was very on the forefront of telling kids not to smoke. Oh. And, and I was just going to say, Schlong, I don't, I'll have to find it, but there is a book. There's like a uh, a book on Jim Varney. Like somebody wrote uh, a biography on him 
which is supposed to be apparently really good. I'll have to find it and I'll send you a link. Also, but, um, yeah. Has anyone ever listened to the podcast? How did this get made? Yeah, I've listened to a couple of them. I don't listen like regularly, but by it, it's basically where Kate and Alex stole their idea from. But I got told, "Hey, do you want to get paid money to talk about bad movies?" And I said, "Yeah." Yeah. This, <laughs> so this is a this is a bad movie podcast. Probably it's like ten or it's, it's one of the earliest podcasts. It's still going, but they did Ernest goes to jail. And the woman on the show called Bad Ernest says he was oozing with sexuality. And now every time I look at Ernest, that's all I can think of. Just oozing with sexuality, Ernest. Aww. I'll tell you something I do. I, I wish, uh, and you probably can find them on like YouTube and stuff, but I remember his TV show. The, yeah, the they gave him a TV series, show. right? Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. Um, Ernest Saves Christmas. It's on Disney Plus, so you yeah, can yeah, find it. I have the D, the Blu-ray, but I will also watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah, you can stream it probably up to 4K on Disney Plus. There you go. Um, oh my gosh. So, Kate, I think you said it right. You're going to your parents. Shalom, mm-hmm. you staying local? Yeah, Our family gets together on Christmas Eve, and then we all go at, like big party. Then a smaller get together for Christmas at my sister's. Now I don't know. Either you guys have like traditions or whatever. My my mom does like the you know whole fish thing because we're Italian from New Jersey, so we do the whole fish thing on Christmas Eve. We're staying home on Christmas Day, uh, but we'll get together on Christmas Eve. You guys do anything like that? There's a lot of fish talk in my Facebook feed. No, my Irish, we... so we don't do the fish thing. We have Santa come. My my parents must have an in with Santa. I don't know. It's, he's been coming since I was a kid, but he comes Christmas Eve, meets all the little kids. They sit on his lap. He gives them a present and says he'll be back later. That sounds weird. Some say for a good like five year period there, Santa somehow resembled my friend Greg Aaron's doing an excellent Santa. That guy, and it apparently, just seemed like an excellent Santa. That seemed like Greg. It was very weird, but interesting, yeah. interesting correlation there. I've heard rumors of such a thing as well. We don't do any, so we've never had like formal Christmas traditions. For a while, we just did Chinese takeout on Christmas Eve. That was really fun. Um, and we're pretty casual about it. When we were younger, I only learned when I got into like my 20s. When we were younger, my dad would take us on Christmas Eve to go see like a Christmas movie, just like him and the girls. And I thought it was a super fun bonding activity. And it was like, no, my mom was kicking our asses out of the house so that she could have a moment of peace. Right. Not even to do like Santa things, but like to just be like, I need two hours of silence and room to clean. And I was like, Oh, remember when we used to go with dad? She was like, Yes, because I was sick of you guys and, and kicked you out of the house. <laughs> but that was the first time I saw the Muppet Christmas Carol movie, still my favorite. Um, the best version of that for sure, Carol. undoubtedly. Schlong, um, that, Schlong, that reminds me, don't mean to throw you off, Kate. Schlong, were you aware of the big um controversy on disney plus with the muppets christmas carol yes they took out the song where she was sad yes and i'm gonna be honest i'm okay with it i hated that fucking song but it's weird because we watched it with anthony one year and i was like wait a minute there was a fucking song here what the hell happened well apparently they put that version back up on disney plus yeah i i I hated that song so i'm glad that they got rid of it it was just weird i was like where the fuck did the song go sorry kate go ahead no, I don't like that. You gotta be, you gotta be true to the original, and on top of that, you have to, like, not everyone's happy at Christmas all the time. Shut up. So, <laughs> this one, this is the book. 
That's the book, Schlong, yes. And I will say, kind of oozing with sexuality there. What's it called? Because it's pretty small on my screen. The Life of Actor Jim Varney. Yeah. The Importance of Being Earnest. Yep, there it is. I was like, I know it's got some sort of fun name to it. But he is oozing sexuality there, right, Kate? I mean, it's pretty sultry, I would say. Sorry, I went looking as soon as you said that, because now I'm going to have to read this book. Apparently, it's a good book. I don't know. Jim Varney, a legend. Kate, um, uh, in the world of the Steelers, we lost Franco Harris today. I know. Sad. That's a sad one. I mean, he was in his 70s and stuff. Still kind of young, but um, yeah, it was a bummer. It's only one. a 399 Kindle book. There you go, Schlong. Schlong doesn't give a shit. He's like Jim Varney. So no, I mean, we're not even yeah, talking I, about I, I know, I'm not a Steelers fan, so that's. Well, I mean, the guy I mean, was talking uh, about. We could talk about uh, what's his name from the Patriots beating up that guy at a bar. I'm sorry. What what's that story? Isn't it Willie McGinnis or whatever? Didn't he beat up a guy at a bar? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh yeah, there's video out there. Like this guy was sitting in a booth. McGinnis and some friends walked up and just started beating the hell out of him, hitting him with bottles. It's bad. Nice. So. Well. This is the time of year for that, right? Love and happiness. Asian Joe, he looks like a member of the Wingmen. In reference to Jim Varney. That's right. That's a compliment to the Wingmen. I mean, Peter Avalon's the hottest boy in AEW, indisputably. Oh, really? What What are your thoughts A-E-W. on... Uh, what are your thoughts on Peter Avalon? Given the choice to either F to M or decay him, I absolutely F him against Whoa. anybody. Even 100%. gasoline can wielding Eddie. Yeah, I would marry that guy. What a badass! You have some weird taste. On, on I was just Harry. Schlong. I was just gonna I'm say with him. Stop, <laughs> Schlong. I, I'm not gonna lie. At first, I thought it was a gimmick. I don't think it's a gimmick about pretty Peter Avalon. He's pretty. He's hot. Why would it be a gimmick? I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was a gimmick, and I mean, now I don't think it is. Did you not see w. the music video of the hottest boy in AEW? I think I did. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying, Kate. At first, I really thought it was a gimmick. Uh, Asian I Joe, can't. Kate would drag her two white balls all <laughs> over pretty Peter Avalon. Look. He's got the heart-shaped bed out there, all right? He's got his tasteful robe. I could bring my scarf out. Tickle tickle his balls with yours. There you go. You know what I can't handle in the fellas, though? What? Overall, it's a case-by-case basis, but the mustache unaccompanied by any other facial hair is tough for me. So you don't like just the mustache? I'm not a fan of just a mustache in general. It's case by case, but it kind of makes me feel like you're my uncle, not someone like I could be attracted to. Well, I mean, I think what they're really going for is for you to think that they are your daddy. And so. Or a fireman. (laughs) Or a fireman. Did you guys fireman? Did you guys know there was a short period of time? I rock just the mustache. See, I feel like you could pull it off because I've seen you pull off bold fashion choices before. And I think you have to have the same like 
je ne sais quoi. Milieu about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are times there are times where I don't rock a mustache and I have the rest of the beard because it annoys me. Eventually it grows like over my lips and I'm like, I hate the way that feels. Uh, so I just take the whole thing off. There's Combo's a story- fine. Combos, we're talking an entirely different situation. Yeah, I mean, and we don't even really connect here. Uh, you don't so- connect? Oh, you don't? No, I don't. I do. Um, I connect but- everywhere. I can't help it. There is a story, though, as to why I had to. It's funny. I just told this story. Uh, but there is a story as to why I was forced to rock a solo mustache. So it's also the you reason we're doing why- porn. No. No, I wish it was something where I was making money, but I was go. I had to go to a wedding and then my sister's wedding was like the next weekend. I needed a haircut. This was so this was years ago. And I really wasn't going to like a good barber. I would just literally go across from where I lived across the highway. There was a supercuts. So I went to the supercuts. I've gone there a thousand times. Never saw the same person, but I just would walk in and be like, it's 12 bucks. Give me a haircut. So I went in and I told the, the, the young lady who was doing my hair, here's what I need. I still had hair at the time, short on the sides, long around the top so I can comb it. And then don't touch the beard because I'm going to trim it and fade it in, you know, to the haircut when I get home. She said, okay. And she worded her question was worded in such a way. Like, do you want me to make it obvious where you need to fade into? Right. Like where the sort of sideburn line ends. And I said, sure, that works. But, you know, you don't need to trim the beard. So she's doing my haircut. And then she literally takes her clippers with no with no guard on it or anything. She takes the clippers, she puts it down on my cheek and she runs a straight line to my ear. She takes a whole section of the beard off. And I literally sat there for a second speechless. And I just looked at her and was like, what did you do? And she said, I'm leaving space for you to trim it in. I was like, I didn't want to take it off. I was going to fade it in. Trim it in, yeah. And she was like, sorry. What do you want me to do on the other side? I was like, well, do the same thing now. (laughs) So I had to go home and take off everything. And I just left the mustache. Oh and um, it didn't look terrible, but I was like, that was it. Then Mrs. Money found me the barber I see today. Shout out to Christine. She's awesome. Hell yeah. Stag house. Um, so, yeah, I rocked the mustache. I have there's pictures of it somewhere. You can go find it. Probably not on Instagram, but it's probably on my Facebook. Kate, you could probably take a look. I'm not going to find it. It was weird. It was a little weird. Eventually, things do grow back. Thank goodness. But, you know. Um, but Kate, it is interesting that you are all over pretty Peter Avalon with just the mustache. I feel like everything. What if he had full facial hair? Do you think that would change your. It's a tough question. It's a whole different look. I mean, am I wrong? Schlong? It's a different look. It's a completely different look. It's a completely different look. However, when you're that beautiful, you're just changing beauty. So it's still beautiful. I feel like he would look so different with a beard, but I don't Hasn't think like necessarily better. Or, I think he has. Oh, I think I'm gonna have to do. Older. I gotta do a Peter Avalon deep dive on the commercial break. That's it. That's what we'll do. Okay. Well, we're working towards a commercial break. I gotta see. I feel like I recently noticed he had a beard or something. Interesting. 
Uh, guys, you want to just uh, take a quick look at Rampage from last week? Sure. Our first match of the night was Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. The big news here was Moxley had his earring ripped out and was bleeding uh, almost. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Renee tweeted something like uh, pour one out for like my husband's ear or something like that. Yeah, you know? it was like tenderly hanging on. I think she said yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, join me as. <laughs> yeah. But Moxley did wind up beating Sammy and it looks like we'll get into tonight. It looks like that now we're totally past Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society. The big news was that post-match, Mox grabbed the mic and called out Hangman Page. Well, Page obliges, he charges through, um, uh, and they brawl uh, outside the ring. Uh, officials are able to to um, to break them up, but uh, Hangman does go for a buckshot lariat. He hits a security guard instead of Moxley. Um, so... Clearly, guys, this Moxley hangman thing, we're on a collision course. At some point, they're going to give it to us. I think they're just waiting till we get to the new year and basically can get really into the the pay-per-view. Um, but I'm all for it. I love it. Yeah, I thought this match was actually really good, too. I felt like Sammy Guevara needed it. I feel very much like Moxley was a good person to help him because sometimes he has those those like no sell logic gaps where I don't think he's intentionally no selling, but he's already thinking about whatever crazy athletic thing he's going to do in his head. And he like, just won't sell a DDT or whatever. <laughs> like it looks bad. Moxley's not someone that um, you can kind of like avoid punishment with. So I think this was really good. Oh my God. Is that baby? That looks like Wheeler Yuta Avalon. <laughs> that is like pretty Peter Avalon. Avalon. He was on Gabbing with Gulak in 2016. Oh, my God. He looks like a baby. And that's not even I wouldn't even consider that full beard. That's like just start now. That is. Yeah. Just starting he, out beard. That's you know what that is. That's not getting past the awkward phase of growing a beard. Yeah. Or like he decided three days ago he's going to grow in a beard. That's how that feels. I don't like it. He's not as pretty there. He didn't get pretty till later. No, this is weird. It feels like the Bieber haircut. He looks like he's about to go sing for My Chemical Romance. He really does. And he needs the heart-shaped bed. Yeah. It's important. He, I mean, it really looks like he's about to go see Motionless and White in concert. I just don't know what is happening. He's got to like go to Hot those... Topic and pick up some skinny jeans and he a had... studded belt. He, If he's not that brand of it, he's like skate shoes but going to see like city in color, like Dallas Green acoustic. And he's going to sing mm. the girl to some girl there. Sort of. He could even be like on his way to an acoustic dashboard confessional show where he just 100%. sings all the words out loud with the rest of the crowd. Mm-hmm. He's I mean, that's screaming vindicated. He's just screaming in infidelities. hundred percent. Goodness. Is weird. I don't like that. Schlong. Get rid of that. Go back to Ernest. Put Ernest back on. Give me my goddamn Jim Varney. Um, I don't think I would have recognized that as Peter Avalon. No, I wouldn't. I don't recognize that as anything having to do with pretty Peter Avalon. No, it feels weird. So, Kate, jumping back to Rampage, I do agree with you. I thought this match was good. The swan Uh, into the table was crazy. Oh, yes. Uh, And what I still find fun is that, you know, Sammy is what Sammy is, right? Like, um... 
you can love him or hate him for some of the things that he's done in his personal life or behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. He does not suck in the ring. No. Um, he's got a lot of skill in the ring. I still just really enjoy the fans constantly being like, Sammy sucks. It was so funny. Like, I've said that a few times. Like, the whole Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara thing sounds like it was on Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston was like, it's 100% my fault. And everyone was like, no, it's not. Fuck Sammy Guevara. Like, that cracks me up to this day. Because <laughs> it's like, Eddie Kingston was like, stop talking about it. It's my fault. And everyone was like, no. Fuck that guy. We love you. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a match that was good for Sammy to have because I think it was one of his better matches. But yes, let's get to Moxley and Hangman. And oh my God, is this guy ever going to go on vacation? And oh my God, what just happened? Oh, it didn't come over right. That's what she said. I mean, Schlong is playing. Schlong is playing with his uh, his screen. I don't even know. Schlong, did you see? Oh wait, I actually thing? have a good one. I actually oh, legitimately have a good one. All right, hold on, everybody. I'm trying to keep us on wrestling talk, but we're looking at pictures of. I mean, is a of a wrestler. That's true. Well, I'm just talking through this for the the part of our listening audience who listens on our podcast forums. Uh, Hopefully, this comes over properly. That. So Schlong's pulling up pictures in his background. Of pretty Let's just talk Allen. about the second match. That's fine. I'll, I'll fill it in for for Ryan. Oh. oh, it was the greatest match I ever saw. I loved it. It was so great. great. Yeah, he looks so different here. And it's not bad. But it's he just lo- a very different look. The, the connected mustache to the beard situation is so different than a standalone mustache. Is that uh, Peter... Uh, uh, or I'm sorry. Uh, is that JBL Avalon? He looks like he's trying out for the acolytes. Ha ha, Michael. <laughs> my God. Ah, Michael. Go I don't have my own island. <laughs> Go back to Ernest. Um, Kate, we do get um, we do get the build for the Ass Boys uh, and FTR after that, and Dax is talking about how he's got a broken ass bone. Um, so uh, they're building to their match on Wednesday. We'll talk about. Kate's favorite tag team, um, the Guns, uh, versus her least favorite tag team, FTR. We'll get to that. Uh, we got Jade Cargill talking shit on Bow Wow. And then we get to Britt Baker uh, and Sky Blue. And I don't think anybody thought that Sky Blue was going to come out on top of this. She did not. Uh, and then after the match, uh, Britt applies the lockjaw. Um, uh, and uh, Sheeta comes out with a kendo stick, takes out Rebel, hits Brit, uh, and then Hater and Sheeta. Hater comes down to make the save, and they do a stare down. They're building to their match tonight, which wound up being the main event. We'll talk about that as we get to Dynamite in the second half. Uh, but I just, uh, I, you know, this match was what it was. I mean, Sky Blue is on TV. That's great. But just there was no shot in hell that Sky Blue was winning this match. No, but I did think that in re- they they had really good chemistry. I'll say that much. Like they look both looked really loose. Like I I felt like the match was very strong, and it's just nice to see. Like it's still pretty novel in the women's division that we get logical storytelling. Like we've seen templates like this play out over and over again in the men's division. But like Sheeta comes out, stares down Jamie, friends on friends. Like this is the stuff that makes sense. Is clean, simple storytelling. We see it in the men's division all the time. Yep. We got more of it in the women's division. Not the most consequential match, but like there were times when matches like this not that long ago were 
bad matches on television. And <laughs> it's really nice to see like good women's wrestling, even if it's not the most like consequential thing in the world. Yeah. And I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't have a problem with the match. It was just like, you know, Sky Blue's not beating Britt Baker. Yeah, no way. No. You know, it's like, <laughs> logically, that doesn't make sense. A I mean, no chance. I mean, but you know what? I don't know if we can necessarily say that anymore because of what happened last Wednesday with, um, you know, Jericho, um, Jericho losing to uh, <laughs> Matthew Plus saying Katie out here looking like an upholstered chale at an estate sale. Good it's evening. not even the right insult. I look like one of those cups from the 90s that has the blue wave with the purple stripe running through it. Yeah, the it. fuck, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I look like. Yeah, you do. Um, Guys, we did get an explanation out of Preston Vance uh, on why he turned on the Dark Order. He says Brody Lee was the one who handpicked him for the Dark Order. The other members are not on his level, and he's sick of Brody Lee Jr., and sick of taking orders from people who are beneath him. Um, you guys buying that uh, that explanation? I actually don't mind that explanation. He came off really harsh against Brody Lee Jr. And I actually like that. It's super heel. I, I thought it was really well done. I felt like the delivery could have been a little bit better. These are by far the best ways to use JR. Like by far the best instances of using him. Um loved that also loved him saying like he has new brothers now but the Brody handpicked me stuff I thought was great and I also like that he said no kid should have to go through what negative one went through but he's a spoiled little brat since like acknowledging both sides of it I thought was really really good of like because we all know in real life that they were super close right that he was around all the time for him and took him to Disneyland and all these things so it was just nice to um clean up that loose end of it a little bit. I, I thought this was great. And I think it's a, a really good move for press 10 Vance. Shlong, did you like that? Second? I did. It was, it was very logical. He looks very good in a suit. So that helps. Like he pulls that off oh. quite well. Um, well, I, you know, if you're going to go the gimmick, you got to look good in the gimmick. He looks good in the gimmick. Uh, everything was logical. I forget. It had to be someone from fight club because that's, the only other like wrestling podcast I really listen to that speak about current wrestling, I should say that said that negative one told Preston originally that he should attack him. Yeah. He like, like gets the business for a kid. He was like, Oh, you should attack me. He was like, I'm not going to attack you. He was like, you should hit. I think he wanted him to hit him with a kendo stick. If I remember correctly, he was like, okay. Yeah. I think you're right. Stick. Yeah. That's abuse. Yeah. No good. <laughs> but it was so great. I tell you what, he's also not a bad actor. Him, no, I mean, the mask helps, but to hold the mask in your hand, like the other mask in your hand, and how sad he looked is just... It, it was perfect. Well, really it, again, in my brain, too, I, I agree with you, Kate. His, you know, his whole thing of... He shouldn't have to go what he went through, but he's a piece of shit, spoiled brat kid. Like, perfect. Uh, yep. And it's just a super heel thing to do is basically say this kid's dad died and he's so spoiled. So I'll fuck him. I'm not taking orders from some spoiled shit. Fuck it's beautiful. Kids. That's right. Fuck the kids. Fuck Wait a minute. Kids. Um, so we do get Wardlow against Exodus Prime. Wardlow makes quick work of that and then gets on the mic. He said he's not he's tired of waiting for uh, Samoa Joe and he calls him out for a fight and then Joe appears on the screen and denies the request. But uh, he says a TNT title 
will be on the line uh, in Colorado because he hates Texas. Um, so that match is going to happen December 28th next week. Um, and the King has spoken. So I think we've all sort of been waiting for Wardlow to get his hands on Samoa Joe one-on-one. You know, they had that trio, not trios. I'm sorry, that three-way match, uh, at the pay-per-view. So there wasn't a way for Wardlow to solely get his hands on Samoa Joe. Uh, so I like this and, you know, they're obviously giving it to us the last show, or the last uh, dynamite of the year. So um, that should be a lot of fun. Um, You know, and I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to add, but I think that has the potential to be a really good match. Yeah, that should rule. I'm with you on that. And then guys, we get to our main event. Um, We have our interview with uh, the two teams. It was a, um, an eight man uh, tag team match. It was Orange Cassidy, Dustin Rhodes, and the best friends uh, against the Butcher and the Blade, Kip Sabian, and Trent Seven. Uh, our baby faces wound up winning this match. Um, uh, Trent Seven ate an orange punch and a bulldog from just uh, from Dustin Rhodes for the pinfall, uh, and they celebrated as we went off the air. Guys, I didn't have a problem with this match either. I thought it was a fun match. Trent Sevens looked good in his couple of matches he had in AEW. I don't know if they're thinking about pulling him in on some sort of full-time basis, but I think he works well with uh, with Kip, um, and I think they could have a little thing going there. I mean, Kip was what? He was part of that whole thing with Davey Havoc, right? And then, oh, probably shouldn't mention that name anymore. Um, but he, he had the whole thing going with him, and then they pivoted to him and Miro, and then that ended... Maybe they start something up with him and Trent Seven if they decide to bring Trent Seven in for some sort of deal. But I thought this was a perfectly fine match. And Dustin Rhodes is on his way to his final year of competition. So I also don't mind seeing Dustin Rhodes. I mean, the guy's, you know, still competing at a pretty good level for his age. Uh I so, his hometown. Yeah, right? of course. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Not? It's Texas. Let it happen. But I didn't have a problem with this match. I thought it was perfectly fine. Yeah, I thought it was a bunch of fun. I loved the Trent versus Trent spot. That was like kind of a fun thing that the internet was like, we need it. And they were like, ah, we'll give it to you in the main event of Rampage. Why not? Like, that's a fun spot for it. So, and I just loved even in ring wise, like they were laying in chops pretty hard and uh, it's super fun. I've loved this Orange Cassidy title reign. I'm glad to see best friends like getting in the mix a little bit more. They felt like very important in the tag division and they're another one that just kind of fell off. So love Trent is so incredible in the ring. Um, and I, I love Trent. Trent too. too. Trent. Oh, okay. Um, that Trent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to, to clarify. Both Trents are great actually. Yeah. But, but ever since he came back from that injury, man, Trent Beretta has Trent has just looked like a, a, a different beast a little bit here. Like he, he's fantastic. So, glad to see them getting in the mix because i think the orange cassidy title run has been super fun but i'm glad that they're feeling like fresh and involved again trent beretta uh possible uh mrs money boyfriend at some point she's still oh, mulling that one over right she's i don't understand what's to mull, mull over he's a quite a handsome fella we're learning well, a lot about rankings, tonight. like her her top five rankings for her boyfriends it's it's getting pretty full up there. So she's, she has some choices to make. Uh, but I do think we should have a rankings graphic for her boyfriends at some point. 
And I also think Trent Seven should be Trent with like three exclamation wow exclamation points if if they have a one on one match so that you have like Trent question mark versus Trent exclamation points. I think that would be really fun. And a commentary could be like Trent and Trent. Yeah, just <laughs> but then you have to have a third who's just appeared. Trent. Trent. There you go. What if it was Trent with an exclamation with an intero bang? Exclamation and a question mark. That could be fun. Oh, I don't know if there's enough trends. Well, Rampage was a pretty fun episode Friday night. Um, it looks like it'll be another fun one this Friday night. Uh, they're taping it tonight. So we've been on for about an hour. Why don't we um, why don't we take a, a little pause here so that we can rehydrate, refuel. Uh, and uh, hear about some of the other shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. Um, are we going to gimmick this cater? No, we're just going to... Let's just go to break. Let's just do that. No, I just want to say that as far as all of the shows that are on the station, like mm-hmm. we definitely get along. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the one we know they don't get along, but all the other ones are just perfectly fine. Even the ones but- we don't like. We're like, we hear they're great. I wish we did like dorky titles as episode numbers and we could be like tension and wizards podcast, like <laughs> like yeah. clickbaity titles. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just B-show. titles and B-show like show breaking. Right. And like bad, uh, <laughs> bad newspaper headlines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like little native ads. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. So let's take a little break here. We'll be back to talk about dynamite and a couple other news and notes from the week. We will um, as a unit. That's right. All of us together unified as one here on the Mark Order podcast. With our powers combined. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fist full of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact play of Phil Brea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. 
Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network, and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast. We're about to get into uh, Dynamite Talk and Review from tonight, but we want to let you know to be sure to follow us on our social platforms at MarkOrderPod on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the pla- uh, TikTok, all the places you could think of that all the kids are visiting these days. Uh, so head on over there, give us a follow, uh, you know, like our posts, do all that stuff. But... Definitely uh, check out our link tree because we uh, spoke about it last week. We unveiled our uh, Pro Wrestling Tees store. So we're finally live on Pro Wrestling Tees. You guys can head over there uh, and pick up your own T-shirt and support the Mark Order podcast. We greatly appreciate those who have already ordered a T-shirt. Some of you guys grabbed uh, the Mike Check logo shirt when it was a Chase variant gray. Good for you. I hope it comes in gray. Um, but now we've got all our shirts up the way that we intended them. So check it out. There's our, uh, Mike check logo shirt, our Mark order, uh, logo broken name shirt. And we got a couple double-sided ones too. this, uh, Mark order podcast logo on the front and on the back. It's our Mike logo with join the Mark order. And then we've got a double-sided one too. We call it two mics because the front says join the Mark order with the logo. 
And then on the back, it has the big Mark Order podcast logo with the mic. So head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees. You can uh, search for the Mark Order podcast. We should pop up or go to prowrestlingtees.com slash pod. Or as I said, the easiest way you could probably find it is head on over to the link tree in our social profiles and uh, and uh, find a link directly to it there. You can also, if you don't want to uh, spend money on a shirt, that's totally fine. It's your option. You can uh, support us by getting some free stickers. So uh, the link tree also has a form. All you got to do is give us your uh, email in case I have any questions about your address, uh, your name, your full mailing address, and the country you live in, and we'll send out some free Mark Order podcast stickers. Thank you to everybody who's picked up a free sticker. Uh, and again, thank you to those who have purchased shirts already. Kate, I was talking to Ryan before. I was thinking about maybe we do run that gimmick where it's like, hey, you order a shirt, we'll give you a phone call, and thank you for, uh, for ordering a shirt. Ryan emphatically, believe it or not, said no. I'm too lazy to do that. I was like, I don't know, maybe story we'll tracks, but I think we should also start giving them Mark order numbers. Well, I don't want to do that just yet because we're talking about maybe a couple things in 2023 that we're going to unleash much, much earlier than we said the store was going to be ready because we didn't have all the designs and the formats and stuff. But I think there's definitely a way uh, that we can, um, you know, in the future, start to assign some numbers. So we'll, we're going to talk about that, and then we'll let you guys know. If you ordered a shirt, it doesn't guarantee your number, but you know, we'll see. There's definitely, I've got some thoughts, Kate, on how we started assigning numbers. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Always thinking. So I don't know if Schlong's still there, or uh, I should say he's here. He just wanted to show off the, the oh, great Muppets Christmas Carol. All right, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, guys, let's talk about himself over. Just like, What's that? just cannot stop putting himself over. Oh, is there some tension here? Should I step out for a second? It's just starting to grow. Okay. I'll get mad about it in like a decade. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. After, uh, another 10 years, <laughs> we'll get to that point. Um, so let's talk about dynamite guys. Uh, show opens up with Ricky Starks making his way to the ring to cut a promo. He says it's, uh, it'd be nice to be standing there as the new AEW world champion, but it didn't work out that way. He lost that's on him because he should have known better. At least he lost like a man while MJF won like a coward and he can stand there with respect and dignity, but MJF doesn't have any of that. They'll meet again down the road. This isn't the end of the line for Ricky Starks, though. It's just the beginning. He's got, and if he's got to work his way back to a title shot, line him up so Stroke Daddy can knock him down. And he's going to be a man, be the man around here because he is absolute Ricky Starks. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Jericho enters the picture, flanked by Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Of the oh day. yeah! Ooh. We need to get that back in your hands. We need to. Me too. I miss Cruise Director Mike. Cruise Director Mike was vital. Uh, But who knows, Kate? Maybe you'll get a new updated Cruise Director Mike this year. It could be beautiful on the inside of my cabin. It might just be sitting right on our bed as we walk in. (laughs) True. I just will never fully reconcile how much that bobblehead did not look anything like Chris Jericho. That's right, because it was cruise director Mike. It was. Cruise yeah, director like Mike. they're not the same person. No. No, they're very different. I guess I, I was just 
thrown off in a way. By the way, I was out uh, on Saturday night. Me and Mrs. Money went out to hang out with a couple people. uh, And uh, we were all talking. And then I got very distracted because somebody put Fozzie on the jukebox. And I was just like, I can't. I can't pay attention to whatever we're talking about now because I'm just rocking out to Fozzie. That's right, you are. So Jericho and Sammy Guar and Daniel Garcia come out, uh, and um, Jericho gets on the mic to tell Ricky he's been watching him for a long time. He saw him last week, and he's right. He came this close to winning the title. And Starks is a million-dollar talent. Jericho will guarantee he's going to be a world champion someday, but he's just not ready yet. And he doesn't want Ricky to be a flash in the pan. And after talking things over with his close personal confidants, all he needs is a little influence, a little advice, and a little bit of Chris Jericho. So they want Starks to join the JAS. And Starks says he's honored that Jericho complimented him and offered him one in return. He likes uh, that he stays relevant. And just a couple of months ago, he was coming out there looking like an air fryer, but now he's lean, mean, shredded, and dressed like a single father on his fifth divorce. Just perfect. And while the other the offer to join his boy band is tempting, he's gonna say hell no. He doesn't need uh or he doesn't want to be part of the club vampire uh and have a leash around his neck. And Jericho's stock has dropped since that loss to action Andretti last week. And the JAS or the J in JAS might as well stand for jobbers. And he's he he's talking about uh, Garcia and uh, Sammy Guevara. He calls them jazz holes. He says you can have that one for free. Uh, but the the jazz holes haven't done anything. He asked Danny what Chris has done for him since he joined. And Sammy, he couldn't care less about him. But if you really want something to suck, well, he makes a motion to his fly on his pants. A little risque for Ricky. But Ricky says, um, uh, or uh, he proposes a singles match for January 4th, Chris Jericho versus Absolute Ricky Starks. And that's when Jericho tells him he just made the wrong decision. And Jake Hager appears from out of nowhere behind Ricky Starks to destroy him with a lariat. JAS comes for the beatdown. Uh, but Action Andretti makes the save. He's able to duck a baseball shot from Jericho. Springboard elbow takes him out. Uh, a big lariat for Guevara. A low bridge for uh, Hager. Uh, and he recovers. Uh, Starks recovers and sends Daniel Garcia out of the ring. That's when Andretti hits a split leg moonsault to have Jericho taken care of. And the faces stand tall in the ring. So... This was a nice opening segment for me. They don't always open up with a with a spoken segment or a, a promo segment, but I mean, this was pr- a perfect way to start the night for me. Uh, you know, we saw what happened at the end of last week, so they're clearly addressing it with Ricky Starks. It looks like now this is what the JAS is going to move on to. Perhaps a program somehow with Ricky Starks and Action Andretti. Don't mind that, since those are you know two big stories going on right now. I didn't mind this. I thought this was fine. We'll see where this story goes from here. But Kate, what did you think of this? Well, I can't wait for eight months from now when Ricky Starks gets a payoff from it. No, I uh, I liked it. There were the only thing I didn't like about what Ricky said was like, hey, if there's other shots, I'll knock him down. Obviously, he has to say that. But I'm like, you just gave up a shot for no reason with the ring. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I don't know. Maybe don't go out of your way to to call that out but that's very very nitpicky 
I loved him calling out that Jericho lost action on Dreddy, right? Like that should do more than just be a big win for action on Dreddy. That should also be making Chris Jericho question himself and other people question Chris Jericho should make Daniel Garcia and Sammy question Chris Jericho a little bit. Maybe we'll see um, pieces of that, but really like that. He called that out. I have a question for both of you, which we'll get to of is Roosh bag better than Jass holes. Cause they're both pretty great, but very, very glad to see that they recognized like Ricky Starks has some major momentum right now. Just cause he lost. Doesn't mean we want to take him off TV or send him too far back down the card. Like, Jumping into a feud with Jericho is a great non-title way to uh, keep someone feeling important. I just hope that they don't do what they always do and drag this out into oblivion till the end of time. And Cabbage Sensei put in the chat, uh, I harp on Jericho a bit too much, but he plays his role as keep hot talent busy since they can't be in the title picture very well. And I definitely agree with that, Cabbage Sensei. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, because Starks is coming off of this, and now it could very easily be like, well, what do we do with him now? And yeah. they're clearly keeping him in the picture. So I like it. You know, I agree with you. Uh, Schlong, what did... Well, I guess, Schlong, you can answer Kate's question. I'll get to it before we move on. But also, what did you think of this? Rushbag is better. Um, I think I don't think anyone thought I ever thought of Rushbag. I think someone else had probably thought of Jazz Hole. Um, this was great. I, Ricky Starks is awesome in, on the mic. He has so much charisma. It's unbelievable. I think you left out the best line in the whole his whole thing though when after offering a thing for sammy to suck he looks and goes i guess your appetite's just not that big tonight this is just <laughs> a cocky line that i really appreciated uh, 97 I mean, was, rock was, man he gets those comparisons and they're good ones like stuff like that it's great yeah it was it was perfect um and I, it, i'm not it's I enjoyed the whole thing. I love that they had action Andretti make the save. It felt right. The way he made the save made sense because he didn't like overpower him. He took advantage of one of my favorite wrestling tropes, which is guy is getting beat up by multiple people. Other guy comes out to make the save and the villains attack him one at a time. It's one of my favorite wrestling tropes. They don't swarm him. It's one at a time. And I just, I just love it so much. So it was perfect. I really enjoyed the segment. You know why that was perfect, Schlong? Because it was very sports entertainment. Sports yeah. entertainment. Sorry, I mispronounced. Thank you. Sports entertainment. Um, and Kate, to answer your question before we move on, I, I agree. I, I think Jasshole was fun, but Rooshbag is just next level. Yeah, it's pretty elite, if you would. It is. So, uh, moving on. <clears throat> we go into our first match of the night and it's match five in the best of seven uh, series for the trios titles, death triangle who has uh, three wins at this point against the elite um, who has one win. And let's not forget, they turn this into a no disqualification match. Don Callis joined commentary again for this one commentary did call out and ask Don, uh, Don Callis about the injuries that, that, the elite are facing, right? Uh, they mentioned a few times that um, Nick Jackson, or I'm sorry, Matt Jackson uh, is having some issues. Matt Jackson's ankle, uh, or I'm sorry, Nick Jackson. I keep saying Matt, but 
Nick Jackson's ankle wasn't uh, right, and Kenny's facing some shoulder problems. So they're pretty banged up. They're they're in the hole three to one. Um, and they certainly uh, called that up on commentary. So that was appreciated from my standpoint, not letting those things pass. Um, but just this is the way you'd want to see a no disqualification, right? We've talked about this before where it's like uh, a no DQ tag match and they're on the they're on the apron waiting to get tagged. There's no point that did not happen in this match. Um, everybody was involved. Nakazawa at one point gets involved. Um, uh, Brandon Cutler comes in and gets involved. And that's when Abrahantes gets in, himself involved and gets sprayed in the face. Also shout out to Brandon Cutler dressing up like an elf in ears tonight. <laughs> full and also I appreciated the beard ornaments. I don't know if you guys caught his beard oh, yeah. ornaments. Those were fantastic. Um, I mean, just a ton of spots in this one. Chairs came into play. Garbage cans. The Christmas tree, which I really enjoyed Excalibur saying with those uh, those needles, those artificial <laughs> needles are very rigid. Um, just a lot of fun. At the end of this match, coming through to the end, the Elite are able to win by pinfall uh, with, um, uh, with uh, what was it, the... Uh, it wasn't the Meltzer uh, driver. I think they call it the Indy Taker. Um, bringing the series up to, uh, three to two. Still in Death Triangle's favor, but uh, but next week is a uh, false cat anywhere match. Uh, Post match, a brawl breaks out. Uh, Nick immediately gets busted open and bludgeoned with a hammer, um, and a brawl ensues. Uh, you know, Death Triangle taking it to the elite. So. Guys, I mean, it's match five. You figure maybe we'd get tired of this. I'm not tired of this. I think they're playing this very well. The injuries angle. If Nick Jackson isn't really hurt, then he's one of the greatest actors of all time because I'm just constantly like, is he hurt? No, he can't be hurt. And I'm like, maybe he is hurt. I don't know. Could be just gingerly walking around on it because it's maybe sore. But uh, I don't know. I like the way that this is. Um, I like the way that this is playing out. Uh, I think they've sort of, I think they've sort of, uh, telegraphed how this is going to end, but you never know. They could certainly swerve us here at the end. So what did you guys think of match five? Let's go to Schlong for, I like the way they work it. No diggity. I like the- Sorry, whatever you kept saying, I like it. And I'm like, I was like, all right, that went right to my head. He's been sitting so. on that one for like okay. 40 episodes, I would say. No, for about 40 seconds, though, I won't lie. Um, shut your mouth when you're talking to me. I'm going to be so mad at you in a decade from now. That decade fight, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to take it. Uh, so, oh, damn, I got to show <laughs> oh, I don't I don't think I don't think Nick is hurt. I think this is just great selling on his part because I think they're doing a couple things you wouldn't do if a guy was legitimately hurt. But another match with its own story that was told great with through lines that are still just told like they're telling the this is what I was hoping from the best of seven, which was a giant story that goes throughout and each match having its own story. And they've done that very well so far where each thing has felt different but there's been enough similarities that you can tell the story. So you now have the hammer story of Nick's injury story. You have death triangle getting a little bit crazier each time they like, they were angry at the end of this. Like there seemed to be getting a little bit more evil so that that worked. Uh, 
the I just saw what your wife posted in Discord. Um, so I, I enjoyed this. This it was dear God, what a fine ass that niece has. So there was that, but <laughs> uh, it was it was like I said, I really enjoy what they're the story they're telling with this. The barbed wire when Kenny did the the driver onto it and then it stuck to his shirt was such a good visual because it's probably not that painful for him at that point because it's just in his shirt but it allowed everyone to know like this is real barbed wire like this is really st- like this will stick you it's stuck in his shirt and the only thing that bothered me a little bit and i know is like i know that nakazawa and color are like jokes to a little bit but they still outnumber death from my ankle yeah and it didn't really come into it like that's the only thing that annoyed me a little bit it's like Abrahantis doesn't wrestle at all. Nakazawa and Cutler. Cutler still wrestles regularly. Like they should have taken Abrahantis out easily. And then you even if they're not as good, you still have a five on three advantage. Like, but it's you, that's a nitpick. That's a very, very minor nitpick. It's a fair one, though, especially in a no DQ match. I'm at a place where I agree with everything you guys have said, but I still just don't like it. Like, I I think there's not really a way for me to enjoy a best of seven series done in such a short amount of time. That's just me as a fan. It's probably because I watch a lot of wrestling in general, too. So, like, seeing a bunch of rematches in a row, just it's kind of like even you're 100% right. Every match does have its own story. Every match has been impressive. Tonight was so good. I'm just like, I just don't want to see these guys fight this this often. I think I I don't know I don't know it. I I can't say that it's bad. It's really good. I it's just not for me. Um, I mean, if I'm not in what they got round ball rock, that I'm just not going to be in on this, right? So, like, from a wrestling perspective, I cannot argue that this is fundamentally really really well executed. Um it is for the people it's for to like the fullest extent. This is probably the best you could execute something like this. I think this is just not something (laughs) that's like geared toward me. I I just think it's, it's a little too much and kind of in wrestling. That's like the one thing that, um, I don't know, like with tournaments, you're on a mission and it's a different person each time. Right. Or at least most times, like, I don't know. Best of seven, I think, is is just not for me. However, the in-reaction was incredible tonight. Having a no-DQ was really fun. It also lets the refs off the hook, who they constantly bury. So that's really, really nice. Um, a lot of really good things happened tonight. Like, undeniably great wrestling <laughs> happened tonight. And I do like getting to see Pac on my screen this often. Like, he was so in the UK during COVID and injured and then... He had an ambassador title, so he wasn't really on TV. Like, it's great to see him wrestle because, my God, if there's anybody that can sell and deliver strikes in this world, <laughs> it's definitely that guy. So, um, did I love it? No, but was it great? Yes, which is a, a weird place to be with it as a fan. <laughs> I mean, I think just what's nice about this best of seven, and you're you're right about tournaments versus a best of seven series, right? Like a a tournament, you're always having to figure out, you know, sort of the next guy, right. And how to, how to advance yourself. I think the nice thing here is that every match at at least has been different, right? There's been 
a different tone to each match. And we're starting to see the tone shift, right? Like you said, uh, or, or somebody said it, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't remember which one of you guys said it, but death triangles now getting a little more, you know, a little more heelish with the beat down after the match and not taking that loss, you know, the way they normally would. Um, you know, the elite are now finding other ways to win, right? They got more serious in that second match and then they've escalated, escalated. So I think that, that at least they've done a good job at that. I get it, Kate. It, there are certainly times where it's just felt like um, overexposure, but I think at this point in the year, they're just trying to get eyeballs on the product, right? Sure. Uh, towards the, st- uh, you know, the stretch. So I'm okay with this. I think it was nice that they did have a break one week in this, you know, best of seven. They're not doing that. I don't think uh, the next two matches are the next two weeks. So, you know, we'll get one the last show of the year, one the first show of the year. So, uh, or the first show of next year. So, uh, we'll see how they continue down the down the you know with these last two matches. But I think it's um, for me, it's been working. You know, but I get it. Your 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 points are super valid. It's it's hard to keep things interesting. I think they're trying to do that with the stipulations and the matches at, at the very least, even the first three uh, or four. Uh, that they had have all felt different. So that's been very nice. That has. And just a couple of other things, definitely because they don't have the space, I think is part of it. Like if it was just every other week for a while, that would be awesome for me, I think. And I'm firmly in the camp in general of if wrestlers want to do something, especially something that hasn't been done before. And I don't think we've seen anything like this on AEW programming before, Mm -hmm. not seven. Mm -hmm. Um, they should do it. You want to do a steak dinner musical number? Do it. Like two wrestlers want to try something that's a little different and wacky to expand where wrestling is going. That's awesome. And considering how long the elite were off television, you're probably also doing it so that the live crowd gets to see the wrestlers that they were deprived of for months on end. So totally, totally get everything about it. And again, fundamentally it's a, it's been really well executed. I'm just a little burnt out. <laughs> so I was wrong. A couple people just so, you know, uh, did correct in the chat. Uh, there is a break uh, for the dynamite that's happening on the fourth because of Wrestle Kingdom. So uh, I guess maybe. Oh, Kenny's fighting Osprey, right? So yes. They have to. Yeah. Yep. Which apparently rumor mill has there. There are some surprises for Wrestle Kingdom. They're keeping them very tight, but there might be some surprises. So tune in. I'm going to have to. Yeah, borrow... I'm making my debut. Ooh. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. You're ring ready. I've seen it. Yeah. I'm beating Okada. You're going to beat Okada? Yeah. Well, congrats. Oh, I look forward to your G1. Yeah, it'll be great. I'm I know. I'm instantly retiring. Out. Going out on top. Oh, okay. okay. And you're just going to relinquish the belt. Right away. Beat him. Relinquish the belt. Walk away. It's the greatest of all time. I actually respect the hell out of that. Like, I accomplished my goal. I'm right. out. Unbeaten, I'm not taking, I'm not taking un- more bumps. Unbeaten, untied. Yeah. That's, That's good. It. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and they're paying me $10 million to do it. I'm set for life. Oh, wow. Asian Joe is also saying, uh, wow, Ryan <laughs> putting himself over again. And okay. I'm the big timer. This guy's debuting in New Japan. That's right. One and done. Yeah. You know why I'm not staying in New Japan? Because I'm coming back to do this podcast. Because that's how much I care. I mean, you could still do it if you were in Japan. And shut up. Yeah. And also, I would just say, like, that's just stupid. Go get your bag. We'll be here, you know? 
Yeah. I think ten million for one match. It's a good point. It's a good point. Okay. Moving on, um, we do get footage from last week of MJF. Um, uh, uh, this made me laugh a lot. Sure. I'm replacing Jonah and reducing a schlong. I mean, coming in a schlong with all. Schlong is a fucking great ring name. Like schlong and just like really schlong, heavy music. Schlong, but, yeah, schlong, yeah, yeah, yeah. Schlong, oh, schlong, it's perfect. Schlong. You got the Hulk up like baby. But the best part is my finisher is going to be. My finisher is going to be a chokehold, so the chant is Schlong's gonna choke you. Schlong's gonna choke you. Is it a regular chokehold, or are you choking the chicken? There it is. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I mean, things to think <laughs> well, about. Cabbage, this, just so Cabbage Sensei is aware, the second way you spelled it is correct, but it's not actually my last name, to be clear. Okay, no. Fabe, bro. Fuck. No, even I, I do. All right. If we're going to be serious, his last name is actually Penis. Thank bro. Well, his last name is Penis. I don't know what you want to tell you. Well, I mean, I changed it, it from it Dick, so. Ryan S. Penis. That's right. So we get Did, the wait, footage. Real quick. The... Go ahead. Did you, you've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights, right? Duh. Who hasn't? And, and they had Latrine. He's like, Latrine, that's an interesting name. Yeah, we changed it. It used to be Shithouse. Oh yeah. Well. So that's. A... Oh God. Oh Jesus Christ! What is happening? My phone attacked me. Let's talk about MJF. Um, he cuts a promo last week backstage. He calls uh Danielson a gutless prick and a nobody, and says he beat Ricky Starks clean in the middle of the ring. Uh, what does it say? Schlong will deliver an exploder as there a finisher. It is. Okay. There you go. <laughs> um, he says he beat Starks clean in the middle of the ring, but he had to stick his shitty little hipster nose in the middle of it. Everybody wants to ride his wave to eat off his plate. Well, guess what? When it comes to the reign of terror, you'll eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. So clearly we are lining something up here with uh, MJF and Danielson. We're going to hear a little bit from uh, Danielson later in Dynamite. Uh, but again, guys, what what more could you ask for out of MJF? I mean, just, you know, a good shit heel promo. He's the best doing it right now. Yeah, I like these a lot more than his live promos. Like, this is so much better than the... And it has its place, don't get me wrong. Like, the cheap, heat, low-hanging fruit stuff. You have to do that as the type of heel he is. But these are so much better. Like these backstages, the stuff we saw with Regal, the stuff we saw with Punk, like all the shit that he gets to feel very real is so good. I, I liked this. I loved the intensity. I liked the way it was shot too. That was just like a the production, this new guy that they brought in. They got there was an upkick tonight between MJF's thing and the Hobbs thing. I was like, holy fuck, this stuff looks good. <laughs> so um loved loves this from MJF. Shlong, anything you want to add about MJF? It was so smart to do this as a post-match interview because it allowed him it just allowed him to come with fire that I don't know he'd come out as much with if it had just been like dressed nicely like it gave him some emotion there so I, I just thought it was fantastic well we're gonna hear from danielson coming up here 
But we do get a backstage seg interview with Action Andretti. He says he had the upset of the decade last week, defeating Chris Jericho in the middle of the ring. His life hasn't been the same. He's gotten uh, so much love and appreciation from the AEW fans. He knows the JAS are going to be after him. And that's when 2.0 rolls up to compliment him, telling him he's on a hot streak. Some might say he's even on fire. Well, have we all forgotten that one member of the Jericho Appreciation Society is a fucking wizard because Action Andretti gets blasted in the face with a fireball and then Jericho walks into frame to uh, scream and yell at him and push his face into the carpet. Uh, So uh, clearly Jericho is very upset at Action Andretti. And so I think we're sort of seeing some of this stuff. We'll see maybe something happening with Action Andretti and Ricky Starks and the JAS and there's going to be a whole thing here, but guys, I had totally forgotten about the wizard. Uh, so it was very nice to see the fireball making one more appearance in 2022. Shame on you for forgetting about the fireball. Uh, this is perfect. Uh, you have to do this, right? Actually, Andretti has a very, uh, naturally charismatic disposition to him. Like he's, he's a very inviting kind of, uh, guy. It's, kind of that like unteachable thing where you're just like that's a likable dude i think um i just want to know is he gonna call chris jericho on rampage commentary like eddie kingston did because that was one of my favorite vehicles of a promo ever when he was like you burned off my eyebrows chris uh and called him was so fun so i think he should do the same thing schlong anything you'd like to add about action andretti First of all, like Kate said, he's just naturally charismatic. It's it's actually kind of impressive. But also, that fireball got really fucking close to his face. My God. Like, I'm, I know what kind it is, and it's not as bad as it looked, but it looked bad. Like, but you don't fuck with a wizard. He's a wizard. Fireball. He is a wizard ball. Uh, wizard ball. He is a wizard. He's a wizard ball. Who can shoot fireballs just like Pitbull. Um, Guys, we're now at the point where the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, makes his entrance to the ring for an interview with Rene Paquette. And he talks about his training starting uh, right in San Antonio, where they were tonight with Rude Boy Gonzalez and Shawn Michaels. But the man who really turned him into the wrestler he is today was William Regal. And not just the wrestler he is today, but the man he is today. He knows Mox and Wheeler and Claudio don't have the same relationships with him. Uh, with him, but when he was in the hospital with him, he cried and Regal made his life, his wrestling, his everything better. And one thing uh, that Danielson learned from Regal is that life has consequences and MJF will have to uh, learn that there's consequences to his actions. And he's been listening to every word Mox has had to say, and he calls him to the ring uh, or I'm sorry, Mox Max had to say, and he calls him out to the ring now. But that's when Mr. Stokely Hathaway and all ego Ethan Page enter. And Page chats with Hathaway, recounting basically the big wins he's had, saying he's been, you know, standing here with the world title. Uh, if he he would have been standing there with the world title if he wrestled Friedman last week. But for some reason, Vegetable Man in the ring gets to jump the line. And Stokes says it's crazy. And Brian should go home and be a family man and shop at Trader Joe's for his gluten-free whatever. 
And that's when Danielson asked Hathaway if he can grow some hair because the, the glare coming off his dome uh, is really bothering him. And bothering him, He said he couldn't hear over the crowd, but asked if he really tried to insult him by calling him Vegetable Man. And Stoke calls him a raggedy bitch, which I appreciate, appreciated. And Ethan the says... The reiterating of it was the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Raggedy <laughs> bitch. And Ethan Page says he didn't call him a vegetable man for his way of life or what he eats. Uh, but he called him Vegetable Man because if he jumps ahead of Page, he'll literally turn him into a freaking vegetable. So Brian challenges him to try right there, right now in San Antonio, but Page says he'll have no problem popping off the top, but the pants, mm, they're staying on. He'd rather have the match next week. So it looks like next week we're going to get Danielson and all-ego Ethan Page on Dynamite. Um, so guys, a couple things here. Um, you know, it seems like Danielson's distancing himself from the Blackpool Combat Club. He didn't specifically say I'm out, but you know, that was sort of the question that led to all this. So first question, I guess the floor is, do you think that, you know, he's all the way out or will he eventually find his way back? And the second thing is, does this Ethan page thing interest you? Because it does for me, I want to see these guys wrestle each other. So this is fantastic for me. I'm going to go to schlong first. Okay, a couple things here. One, Danielson's promo was great. He's such a natural on the mic. Like, he sounds natural, which is always a plus. I was so fucking happy when Ethan Page and, and Stokely walked out. Like, just pumped. Ethan Page has been telling a story with Matt Hardy on Dark and Elevation that they have created on their own that is one of my favorites in all of wrestling. They're so well acted and so well put together. So I'm glad he's getting rewarded for doing that with being put into a big bigger spotlight on dynamite and he shined i mean him on the mic and then stokely's so good you can't the way stokely talks but i just have to laugh that nobody nobody likes texas you know everybody's like i'm not gonna wrestle here in texas we're gonna do it somewhere else it just feels mean to texas fuck texas whoa well yeah there's a lot going on to texas <laughs> with texas i would say fuck texas but not, not for the, the fans. Of Texas. Yeah. Texas. No, I don't know. This was great. Man, it's so funny to think there was a time that, like, and a different company that uh, Danielson was viewed as, as, like, not a strong promo because these are damn good. Like, really, really good stuff out of Danielson tonight. Salivating for this. Absolutely love the idea of Ethan Page being there. Also adds intrigue to RMJF and. And uh, the firm going to mend fences. Like, kind of weird that they're aligned on the same side of this all of a sudden, right? So that's fun. As far as your question about Danielson and the Blackpool Combat Club, I don't think it was an accident that he went out there to praise Regal. And I don't think it's an accident he's walking down the heel tunnel. I think you might get Danielson versus Claudio, Danielson versus Moxley. God forbid they ever let that man go on a vacation, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> uh, but him going down the heel tunnel and him praising Regal makes me think that whilst Regal is no longer with the company, he will not be absent maybe in a couple of months that that might come back to, to haunt them in a fun way. But uh, love it. Love this. I'm just very glad to see like for a while there with all this Jericho Appreciation Society stuff, I was like, it's like WWE did with AJ Styles. I'm like, how do you make that guy just feel like a regular dude? Like he's he's too damn right. good to like feel just kind of like in the shuffle. Um, 
I mean, that's a that's a dream matchup for me, Ethan Page versus Danielson. That'll that'll be fun. And in ten years from now, when I'm yelling at Schlong, I will be calling him a raggedy bitch. And I'll be here for it. I'm all for that. Raggedy that's bitch right. is a great a great one. No, you would call me a big. Oh, is that the title episode? Raggedy bitches could be. Raggedy bitches. I'll put it down. I think you'll be calling me a big motherfucker. Ooh. Well, yeah, very true. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, we do get a promo from John Moxley about the Christmas Battle Royal on Rampage. So to catch everybody up, they announced tonight that on Rampage, there's going to be a Trios Battle Royal for 300K. Uh, so they you know, showed a, a graphic with a bunch of teams, and the Blackpool Combat Club is one of them. So Moxley cuts a promo on that, saying he'd hate to miss it, so Hangman Page knows where he'll be on Friday night and they could do this as long as he wants, but he's starting to wonder when exactly they're going to settle this in the ring. But he asked what there is to settle because hangman got knocked out. And what did he think was going to happen when he signed up for that match in Cincinnati? John's sick and tired of the somber tones about the accident. Poor hangman page woke up in the hospital. You know, again, what did you think he was going to, was doing with that lariat combing his hair? He's just doing his job. He ain't a bad guy, and uh, Hangman's better than a play wrestler. And then he asks if Darius Martin's injury his fault now, too, because he's a teacher, so he's going to teach him a hard, hard lesson tonight. And so we go to break. So, guys, just more of more of what we've been accustomed to, you know, from Moxley. I had no problem with this. We're advancing the, the Hangman thing. Again, basically saying, you know where I'll be Friday night. And he's addressing, you know, settling this. So we're clearly leading to it. Um, I didn't have a problem with I didn't have a problem with this. If you guys want to add something, please let me know. Oh, I'll just say that I thought what I loved about it the most was like it was a real life accident. Right. So yep. to have very real reactions on both sides of, hey, I couldn't remember my kid's fucking name on hangman's side and then to have moxley be like well you know what you kind of fucked around and found out fantastically justified um my friday night co-host last week booked this idea of and i love it um you have hangman at a sit down with renee paquette saying your husband's not gonna remember your kid's name by the time i'm done with him like oh that would be so delicious like sitting next to renee when it's her own kid and right Renee's so good at that stuff. Like, what a perfect button that would be. So, loved that from him. Love, love the way that this feud is rolling down the mountain. Moxley looks ready for vacation. He looks a little tired. I, I think after this feud is wound up, just get, even just a, a week or two off TV, man. Just, <laughs> yeah, give, give him some time. He's got bags under his eyes. He's dragging his out ass out there. Uh, so, but I'm I'm excited for the the feud and for the match to you know hopefully have a, a proper resolution to it. Well, I'm here for that feud, so we'll see what happens on Friday night during Rampage. Uh, back from commercial, we get a, a promo from Samoa Joe wishing us a happy holiday from his home. Uh, he says he has a special greeting for Wardlow, and he wishes him the happiest and merriest of holidays filled with family and friends. Because we all know he's not going to have a happy new year. Next week, he's going to give him exactly what he's asking for. And then he's going to take from him. Uh, so uh, come December 28th, all the holiday cheer 
ends for Wardlow. So again, we're just building to this match next week. We're going to get Wardlow and Samoa Joe. That should be a fun, fun match. And we'll, well, Kate and Ryan will be here to talk about it next week. I will not. Sorry. I love Joe. I love Joe so much. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> Guys, we go into our next match of the night. It's Exodus Prime versus Hook Brother. And I don't think anybody thought anything different was going to happen here. Uh, Hook wins by submission with the Red Rum. Uh, the big thing happens post-match. Stokely Hathaway appears on the on the uh, big screen. And Lee Moriarty and Big Bill uh, are uh, beating Jungle Boy down. I'm sorry, Jungle Man down. And that's when Bill uh, chokeslams Jack into a dumpster. Uh, so clearly we saw last week, you know, Hook came out to make a save uh, on Jungle Man. Uh, looks like they're maybe going to do some sort of short program here with uh, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty, which, again, I don't have a problem with them doing something with these guys. They were supposed to be involved with something much larger, and now they're just sort of pivoting because the guy is gone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But when that eventually comes down, you know, when we get, eventually get there, I think that could be a lot of fun. Agreed. Hell yeah. Shlong, you want to add something here about Jungle Man or Hook or anybody? Sorry, it looks like you were going to say something. I didn't mean to call you out. No. Okay. No. He's shaking his head. No. No. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. No. Keep rolling. No. Let's take advantage of it. No singing. Totally fine. Whatever. No, I was just making fun because he's just close, getting close, backing up, getting close. No. Yes. I don't know. Anyway. What to do with my hands? <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> just put them at your side. We were, we were driving real good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Funny thing about that movie, I enjoy the first half very much, not the second half. Really? Yeah. We could talk about that another time. We can. Best we line in the movie, and then we'll move on. Yeah. I just have to say, it's maybe one of my favorite lines in, in any Will Ferrell movie. When they're like, just say I like really thin pancakes. When he's... <laughs> I... Pop every time for that. It kills me. The delivery is so good. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen is very funny in that movie. Oh, very oh. funny. Uh, our next match, we get Moxley versus Don, uh, Darius Martin. Excuse me. Uh, and uh, eventually cutting to the end, Moxley wins by pinfall with the Death Rider. I don't think anybody thought we'd see anything different. But listen, a good showing for Darius. Again, just more out of Moxley that we're we're used to, you know, seeing what we're getting out of him. I didn't have a problem with this. Pretty straightforward. I don't know if you guys want to add anything about Darius or uh, Mox Schlong. I'm going to jump to you first. No, shaking your head. No. Okay. Kate, anything you'd like to add? Did Ryan watch today? Oh, no, I just playing the gimmick here, Kate. Come on. Come on. <laughs> of course I watched it. Was, it was a good match, but like answer, it was never in doubt. I'm glad to see Darius is healthy, and I love the story they're telling with Mox. I mean, I guess that's it. Yeah, I liked that this match kind of told the story of the promo he alluded to before. I thought that was really good. Darius has had such a sincere, long run with injuries. Um, great to see him back on television. Very, very happy about that. Happy to see Mox doing his thing. But yeah, a little bit more predictable. A very, very talky first hour. So we kind of turned the corner into a more match heavy yeah. second hour here. But um but yeah. Does it though? Does it? Yes. I don't know. There's a pretty talk heavy segment in the second hour. 
There it is. We'll talk about That's it. That's your favorite segment of the entire night. Well, we do get our video package, and I, I think Kate called this out before she wanted to maybe talk about the production, but we do get our video package about Powerhouse Hobbs, um, you know, where he talks about his uh, rough upbringing. So, you know, uh, Kate, I'll let you kind of talk if you want about the production. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I know you specifically called this out before. So if you'd like to talk about this at length, you certainly can. But I agree. The production that they've been doing with these Hobbs chapters have been fantastic. I'm just sort of getting to the point where it's like, can we see Hobbs in the ring now? Like, I really just want to see Hobbs come back to the ring. I I like the three-way match that they had, but I really just want to see more Hobbs at this point. We got to find something for Hobbs to get into if we're going to be building him this much. I just wonder what we're getting to. I'm thinking Samoa Joe retains against Wardlow and Hobbs is, is next because uh, there's a lot of fun to be had <laughs> with that match. Uh these vignettes were just not that he has needed help feeling like a badass in any way. Um, and not that the vignettes before this weren't great, but um, there was something with this one, just the way it was filmed and the content of what he said of just like, I've been shot. I've been stabbed. Have you ever smelled your own flesh burning from getting your ass beat that much? Like just really, um, it like kind of, I don't want to say justifies his behavior, but it, it, it paints the picture of like, he's the way he is because it was out of survival for his own life to become who he is, this iteration of him. So I just loved it. I thought it was so fantastic and the lighting in it and, uh, oh, just really, really, really strong stuff. Absolutely loved it. I, I hope we're leading to Hobbs and Joe. Hobbs has grown tremendously. He could still use a little bit of hand holding, I think. And I think nobody better in the world to hold his hand than Samoa Joe through something like this. And him getting a shot at the title feels like a logical progression for where he's at right now. So um, I really like it. And uh, these short and sweet vignettes are just, they make these episodes fly, man. I, I really like them. Yeah, I mean, I think they've always done a pretty good job in AEW with their video packages. Like from the start, they've always sort of been really good about the way they've used production in these video packages. But yeah, I think we're now starting to see them get to the next level with what they're doing. And, and I, you know, you mentioned it before, uh, you know, we talked about it last week. They, they had, uh, signed, you know, someone who was with the, the WWE on the production side. I can't remember his name, but he's also going to be running dynamite, you know, from the director, you know, sort of angle production angle. So, you know, we're going to talk about that, I think, in news and notes. Uh, but um, I'll just say about the vignettes real quick, too. Like, yeah. I feel like they were stronger during the pandemic because fucking of course they were right. Sure. Everybody was in the same location. They kind of had to be because there was no live crowd. And then not that the quality dipped on them to a point where they were bad, but like you were just less reliant on that material. So um, it's kind of nice to get to see the best of both worlds where we have a live show that's really good and these vignettes kind of kicking back quality up, I think a little bit good shit. And I, but I even, I would even say Kate, like the, the road to stuff that they do uh, always yes. are, are good. And then even like the, um the pay-per-view previews that they do where they have all the produced segments to build to those matches. Those always have done 
I mean, historically have sort of been done pretty well to make things feel super important. So I think beyond even just the regular show vignettes we get, the the road to and, you know, the previews for the pay-per-views, they've always made good use of their sort of film production. Um, Shlong, anything you want to add about the powerhouse? Doesn't even have to be about the production, but do you... Uh, do you have anything you want so to a add? A couple about? things. First yep. of all, Merry Christmas, Greg Cherry. He was he wished us a Merry Christmas in the chat. So I'm saying. Oh, it Merry Christmas, Greg. He said all yins. He's a Pittsburgh guy. We have to look yeah. past that. Mm-hmm. Um, came in third on his show, which is surprising for me because I am not good at that stuff. This, so I really liked, love the vignette. It was great. Gordon Post brings up a point though that I do think they're going to have to be careful about. These vignettes do come close to making him seem like a face. So they're going to have, they're going to have to toe that line very carefully if they don't intend to make him a face, because it's very easy to hear this, this story, this horrible story of like what he's had to go through and be like, well, I'm going to cheer for that guy. And so far it seems like they want him to be healed. So they are going to have to be careful in walking that line. To Ant's point, the way you solve that, I think is to get his ass back in the ring. Yeah, like you could be like, "Oh, I like that guy," and then if he goes out there and is some sort of monster, you're like, "Oh, I I understand him, but I boo him heavily." Like, I understand this monster. Yeah. Well, but I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they do want to make him a face. I mean, I don't know. You sort of maybe have to if Samoa Joe's going to be the the guy his his first major challenge because. You know, the heel versus heels is also tough, right? Because who is the crowd supposed to get behind? You don't necessarily want the crowd to get behind any heel, right? I mean, and the AEW. Well, I mean, I hate to say that the crowd's always going to get behind Joe. So, sure. Um, But I mean, the other thing I was thinking about too is, you know, Joe does seem the obvious choice. Is there any chance that he goes for Joe, but maybe it's not the TNT title? Maybe it's the Ring of Honor television championship and he takes that and he can be a face for he can be a monster face for sort of ring of honor with that belt i mean i'm not saying send him to ring of honor but if you want somebody to take that belt you know you could do that you could my guess is you want to get to whatever tv is for them with samoa joe with that belt um and i kind of just selfishly because i'm such a samoa joe mark like I'm loving this King of TV thing. Like that's so much fun to me, him having both. So my, but my guess is even for them workshopping it, like if you're workshopping for TV, you have the title on Chris Jericho because he's recognizable. If you're relying on diehards to buy your product at a $10 a month pop, you want a, a ring of honor belt on Samoa Joe. In my opinion, that's, that's what I think they're going for. But I'm intrigued, and we're also assuming that that's who Hobbs is facing next. Maybe he's coming back for Starks. They didn't yeah. really resolve their their issue, right? So we'll see. But good shit. Shlong, I I sort of cut you off there. Was there anything else you wanted to add about Hobbs? I just liked him in the movie with his partner Shaw. Okay. Okay. I want Hobbs versus Miro. Okay, we can move on. Yes, we can. Um. We get our next match of the night. Um, tag team action. The Ass Boys. Um, Austin and Colton Gunn versus FTR. So we talked about it before on Rampage. You know, Dax was talking about his uh, broken ass and stuff like that. So we clearly know uh, what happened with FTR, 
right? They had a hellish match uh, at uh, final battle with the Briscoes. They're still nursing injuries. And that's the story that's sort of being told through this match. Commentary is doing a good job with that. Um, And as we get to the end here, the ass boys get the win by pinfall. Uh, It's an assisted O'Connor roll from uh, Austin Gunn on Dax. Uh, Colton is able to help give some leverage to keep that pin. So they escape with a win. And um, commentary does make mention that if we're counting, you know, back, this is their third loss. You know, FTR is sort of on this little losing streak. So is this going to affect them? I don't necessarily hate the outcome of this match, right? We were sort of talking about, is this what happens with FTR, right? Maybe they have to sort of look themselves in the mirror and be like, are we really as good as we thought? You know, we lost one of our belts. Are they going to lose any more of those belts? Um, are they ever really going to get a shot at those AEW tag titles? I mean, you know, we were sort of talking about this uh, last week, so I didn't have a problem with the way this played out because it also was a shit heel way for them, for the guns to win this. Kate clearly is pissed off, um, so maybe it won't be 10 years until she has a blow up with Schlong, but Kate, since you look very angry here, I'm going to go to Schlong first. <laughs> okay, couple things here. First of all, the Bret Hart gear that the guns came out with in San Antonio against FTR, such a good heel move. Second of all, second of all, I mean, if you're going to do it, uh, you can't figure out how to work. I wasn't even talking when I was doing it at that point. Oh, God. Pathetic, Kate. Just pathetic. I'm gonna freak pathetic out. Pathetic is the fucking gun club going over FTR. But go on. Okay, but they 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 had to cheat, and the story is FTR is losing. Now I do have a complaint that we're gonna have seem to have seemingly have two stories of somebody losing and everyone being like, "What's going on?" You have Jericho and now you have FTR. But I do love the idea of FTR losing everything, then having to come back and win the belts. Like that is my the story I want to tell, which makes me believe they're going to resign with AEW. I don't know. That's just me being in the optimist that I like to be. And I enjoy the gun club and Kate hates the gun club. So I enjoy them more. Well, I think, too, the thing is. We've talked about this at length on the show. We want to see them starting to push up the guys underneath. Right. So you got to have some of the the guys like Jericho or. FTR in this case sort of help this younger talent go over a little the bit. Gun this, club. We're helping Kate, the gun club. You got it. You got to inject new life somewhere. They're not sure. They're, you they're can not do that terrible with in the ring. Light. You could do that with Iron Savages. You could do that with Private Party. The gun club sucks. They're not terrible in the ring. They're not. They're not. And they're not even that. I just. Go away. Like, I don't like them. The Bret Hart gear was great. The sharpshooter move was great. Um, I don't think it means anything about whether they're residing with AEW or WWE because they have to drop all the belts if they were going back to WWE. Um, but I, it, it made sense. I just don't understand what, like, the gun club being on my TV this much is fucking stupid. I don't get it. Like, there's so many better tag teams to push. There's so many 
underutilized talents to push. Like, I, I just don't get why the gun club. Like, it's I, I, to get to the gun club versus the acclaimed, probably. Yeah, I fucking see you, Ryan. We're going to move it up to nine years and 100 days instead of 10 years. Whoa. He's practicing his exploder move Ugh, for when he goes to New Japan. Oh, um, exploder. Uh, his exploder that was like... Ugh. No, I know. It's an O-face. Oh, well, that's Ember Moon's thing. Hmm. Um, They're just on my TV a lot, I feel like. And they're extremely medium. <laughs> like, like, I know I shit on them every week. They're not that bad, but they're not this good. Like... The fact that I see the Gun Club and Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett on my TV every week, but I don't see Private Party, Iron Savages, Top Flight. Um, I certainly don't need to see the fucking Brain Busters. I'd much rather see Sunny Kiss. Uh, I I don't. Um, I'd rather see the Wingman. Where the fuck is JD Drake and Anthony Henry? Like, I I don't I don't get it, man. There's so many better people that could have been used to serve this story. I just don't like it. And I feel like it's because we're leading to the resolution of daddy ass with the acclaimed or something. And I just, I don't have an interest in it. Well, Kate, you're in the minority here. Even cabbage sensei says, I like the guns. They have moxie. That's, that's that's a lesser moxie. That's John Moxley without an L and they have, they should be, they should have Mox Yay because they should have two L's because they're taking L's all over the place. Fuck them. They well, got Kate, a W tonight. It's true. They did get a w, a w over over a major team. But Kate, you did invoke the name of Jeff Jarrett. So we do get a music video of Sanjay Dutt rapping to the Acclaims theme, talking trash and um, threatening they'll never scissor again. Uh, so... Um, so yeah, we did get to see Jeff Jarrett on our TV tonight. Um, and but Sanjay I really, Dutt rapping. I really, I have to just say, it, I enjoyed Sanjay Dutt's um, auto tune rapping was fantastic. Sanjay's awesome. Like I, I love Sanjay and I love Stokely. Like I love managers and they're two of the best. And they feel like, and I love Paul Heyman, but to have people that are a little bit younger and fresher as managers because. There was such a um, like a lack of them for so many decades of wrestling to see them get utilized and fresher takes on it is awesome. Um, Sanjay's great. Sanjay's great. Um, why the fuck is Jeff Jarrett on my screen this much? He's on Rampage all the time. He's on Dynamite all the time. This was such a strong episode of AEW and the things that I didn't like made me want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> they were so bad. And the gun club, not even close to the fucking worst of it. Like, not even in the same ballpark as what came up. Listen, uh, Ryan, slap nuts, you want to add something here? I just liked the way that every time Sanjay might have started finding a rhythm, he made sure he lost it almost instantly. Yeah. Absolutely. It was it, perfect. It was brilliant. It was so He's well awesome. done. I love Sanjay. Guys, we get to our big face-to-face of the night. Uh, Shivani's in the ring introducing Ricky Rose, Rick Ross. Uh, and then they bring Limitless Keith Lee uh, to make his entrance. 
and Rick gets on the mic and says, uh, the biggest boss is here to make uh, sure, or I'm sorry, to make history. And they got business to discuss. He wants to make things clear and introduces the young legend, Shane Swerve Strickland, who makes his entrance after what seems like fucking forever. But the my favorite part of this, and surely was an FCC fine, uh, is Rick Ross tells Keith Lee, you a big motherfucker. Uh, and apparently the guy on the dump button uh, was in the bathroom, uh, much like Kate during the main event tonight. Of course. Keith Lee's reaction when he called him a big motherfucker <laughs> is... Yeah, it was fun, but surely I'm like, how was nobody on the dump button for that moment? Like that, and that already happened. Remember when Moxley returned and they were like, someone was like, you're a dumb drunk. And he was like, hey, who's this guy? Get the, him the fuck out of here. I was like, yes. that's the second time that's happened that they just like let it fly. Yeah. Not great. It, it was funny though, because it wasn't like a bad thing. He was just like, you a you're big motherfucker. <laughs> So Swerve makes his way out and says he didn't realize they were doing this on Keith Lee's time. uh, And he's not waiting for anybody. And he's going to start doing things his own way. He really tried with Keith because the two of them should own everything. But he can't deal with all the accusations. And Lee needs to keep his eye on the ball. He can't keep uh, an eye on tag titles or his health. And honestly, he needs to keep his eyes in the back of his head from now on. Enter Parker Bordeaux attacking Keith Lee from behind. And Keith Lee is able to shrug him off and clothesline him to the floor. And Shane is just smiling. And then another guy comes out from from out of nowhere with tattoos on his face and shit and attacks Keith Lee. Um, I didn't recognize him. Nobody really. I didn't, Nobody really on commentary knew who he was. I don't know who this guy is maybe somebody in the chat can can tell us former but, baseball player grandon goatsman was the mystery band tonight with swerve well i would tell you one thing those uh those face tattoos came post major league or any baseball career yes i would think so um but um uh parker eventually recovers from, uh, and then him and the tattooed gentleman are able to beat Keith Lee down against the ropes. Uh, they set Keith Lee on top of the steel steps. They put a cinder block, a cinder block, excuse me, on his chest. And that's when Swerve gets on the top rope and stops through the cinder block. And Rick Ross says it's official. Um, so this uh, this new team, they were all wearing the same hoodie. They're called Mogul Affiliates. Uh, Rick Ross says it official. Uh, and they kind of go to break on that. So, guys, this is sort of the reason I never really want to see a celebrity involved with wrestling who doesn't know what the fuck is going on because Rick Ross was just trying to do his own thing, and I get it, right? He's got to be Rick Ross, but he's not in professional wrestling. He's not in television, right? So it was just fucking messy. He was just trying to get all his catchphrases out. And I also have no fucking clue what to think about this Swerve Strickland thing, especially with I Parker have ideas. Bordeaux. Hold on. We'll get there. Especially with Parker Bardot and a uh, face tattoo guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kate, give me your ideas here. I think whoever thought of this should go to Costco, get like one of those giant size jars of offs and fuck them all and just fuck up 
what the hell was this for this story? I hate it. I hate it, man. God, this is such a simple, perfect story since Grand Slam and kind of before we've been getting all of this tension between Keith Lee and Swerve. We're not on the same page, right? Um, in the ring, even when we're on the same side of things, like things just feel disconnected and weird. Like, and then it became an ethical thing. Swerve was doing tactics that Keith Lee didn't feel comfortable with. And then they were abandoning each other. This for months was built out to be a classic one-on-one, -on -one, extremely personal story where one guy finally snaps and turns on the other guy. We got that part of it. What the fuck does Parker Bordeaux have to do with any of this and whatever tattoo baseball man is doing there? It undercut the story so much. I am so sick of Swerve being in factions that hold him back instead of propel him forward. He is a single star. He should be in that like TV title picture all over the place. He's unbelievable at every aspect of wrestling. I saw it happen in WWE, but at least Hit Row was cool. This is so fucking lame. And I have no place to say this as like a white person, but like kind of weird when you have like a segment that is like, full of black pop culture to have Parker Bordeaux pop up and face tattoo baseball guy. I hated this, man. This is such garbage. It interferes with the story. And the worst part to me is now you have like a heavy going around with Swerve, who's like a third of the size of Keith Lee. So it doesn't even make sense to have a heavy because you can't even really come back, Keith Lee. And on top of it, it just doesn't feel like the heel that Swerve is to me at all. Like Swerve feels so much more like egotistical i'm a badass i can beat everyone i'm cool as fuck not i need these other guys to do my dirty work for me that's coward shit that's covering up insecurity shit that's chicken heel shit heel stuff like mjf is doing not every heel has to be this way and not like in wwe it's the opposite right it's every baby face has to be mm -hmm. fighting from underneath all the time like not every heel needs to be a part of a stable with guys who aren't as good as them to be lackeys like this does not feel like who Swerve is at all to me, man. This was so disappointing. I think if they did want to do this, they should have picked a different story to do it in because, like, you look dumb trying to have a heavy against Keith Lee. And on top of that, like, this story has been about the two of them and their dynamic fraying and then ethical questions. And then finally it got really personal. And now we're just not going to get a payoff like that isn't completely muddied by this so disappointing for like one of the stories I was most excited about had the cleanest thing all of the time like I will take bad but took a risk creative over got in its own way creative any day of the week this is like the most classic got in its own way creative just get out of the way and let the two of them fight this was such a bummer to me Ugh, hated it now I'll pitch it to Ryan to get his thoughts, but Gordon Post put in the chat, and this was something I had thought about, um, sort of sitting with it after it happened. Uh, do we think, guess what Gordon Post is asking, do we think Keith Lee, and I had thought about this, brings in Shane Taylor Promotions to help him out against mogul affiliates? I mean, that would make sense, but he'd have to sort of bury the hatchet with Shane Taylor Promotions. They'd somehow have to get there, right? Um, and maybe we got there with their, their brawl at, uh, at final battle, but that could be maybe where they're thinking of going. Maybe Shlong, what do you think? 
Okay. So this segment sucked. No, I'm, I'm going to be blunt. The segment sucked. I mean, I think that's clear. I yeah. think that's there wasn't. I think like your A-plus yeah. moment of this whole thing was Rick Ross going, you a big motherfucker. Yeah, the only good part. Now, there is an interview. No, that, that cinder block spot was fucking awesome, though, too. I'll that say is that. True. That was really, really cool. <laughs> there, there was an interview in the parking lot with Rick Ross, Swerve, and the, the two white dudes uh, where it was actually well done, what, like their purpose. There's a a kernel of an idea in this that I like, which is the mogul Swerve which isn't so much that he's a chicken heel, it's that he's powerful. But the problem is they, they they have a few of them in AEW already, which is like I buy my, and I'm like you're you're using that I buy my people too much, so it doesn't really work. Also, what failed is I would have more appreciated if Parker and this dude came in and got their asses kicked by Keith Lee, and you have a swerve, if like sort of just trying shit to fuck with Keith Lee. The situation didn't really fit me, and beats him. Then loot like the whole like he fought off Parker. Then he comes back. That didn't sit well with me. It's just the whole thing. Like Cake kind of nailed. You're getting in your own way of what was a good story, and this might have been okay if Keith Lee comes out and say he beat Swerve in the first match, and you think, oh shit, you know. Swerve and then Swerve realizes he needs to get help or something, but they haven't even had that match yet. Like, it just, I'm not a fan. I'm just not, I'm not. This is not one for me. I was very excited for Swerve versus Keith Lee, and I'm just like, and again, I was more, I'm going to be honest, I was more excited at first. And, and excited is not the right word because I wasn't excited at all, but. I was more tolerant at first when I thought Parker was still like just a trustbusters lend out. Cause I would have been like, well, that's a story they're telling of like how Davari lends out his people. And I would have been like, all right, that's fine. That's their story. And Swerve is just trying to fuck with Keith Lee. But it's like, no, he just now has this guy as like a bodyguard. I'm like, why, why are we doing this? Yeah. I mean, of all the things that I thought would happen in this segment, I thought really the only thing the only thing, thank you, um, that might have happened would be that, like, Rick Ross somehow attacks Keith Lee and he didn't see I it. thought you know that I mean? was what was happening. Like, I thought I like, that was going to be, be bad. That's, that's what I thought was going to happen, if anything. And then it just leads to Swerve and Keith Lee one-on-one. I didn't see this whole mogul affiliates thing going down. And they didn't even really do a good job of, like, introducing that. But again, I think part of that is the fact that they put Rick Ross in that position and he's not a TV or wrestling guy, right? So it was just muddy. But yeah, I, I'm with both you guys. I don't I don't get this uh, collection. I think they're going to have to do a lot of work to try to get people behind this sort of collection of guys. But this was the down segment of the night to me, except for you a big motherfucker. And yeah, I'll give him the cinder block. That was good. That was cool. That was really cool. Yeah, the moguls. I'm just like looking at the details of that now. It's just weird. It is. Um, Swerve would need needed to be a little more established before he goes mogul. Like, I think he should have had a little bit of a run as a, a solo heel. Oh my and god! Then... Let him like he is a 
he is a top tier star, man. Like we were just starting to get a taste of it, but like the shit he does in the ring, how good his promos are, all of this like cross promotional shit that he's bringing to the table. Like maybe Rick Ross didn't like kill it tonight, but it's a huge fucking deal. Rick Ross is there. Like he is a champion caliber wrestler. And to do this, I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like you bring him in, you let him have a run as like a solo heel, maybe with Rick Ross for a while. And then as that's starting to, to level out, then you introduce the group as like a freshening up of like, but he at that point would have been established as like, this is who I am. And now I'm just adding to it. Like this just, this just felt wrong. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, moving on, we do come back uh, from commercial. They, we get some short interviews of the best friends in the Dark Order sort of building to this, uh, you know, um, 300K trios battle royal uh, thing next week uh, or on Friday night. Excuse me. Um, and they're talking about how they're going to spend the money um, if they win. And the Dark Order asks Hangman because he's with them in their segment to to stay out of it. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, sure. So where's this next week? Uh, and they tell him, he's like, OK, uh, I'll see you guys later. I got a flight to book. So clearly uh, Hangman will be there on Friday. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But guys, we're now at our main event. Uh, it's Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter for the AEW Women's World Championship. So nice to see the ladies in the main event spot. Not at that 930 death death slot right before the main event. Especially for this match. Holy fuck. I thought this delivered. Yeah. <laughs> this um, felt like a main event. This was good. It was important. Absolutely. We'll we'll cut to the finish and talk about the actual match because the match was good. Uh Jamie Hayter uh, is able to win by pinfall with the ripcord Larry to retain her women's world championship. And then post-match team DMD, uh, because uh, uh Jamie Hayter was out there with Britt and uh and uh, Rebel, um, they beat down Sheeta, but Tony Storm comes in to make the save. Hater hits her with the belt. Uh, Britt and Rebel hold Tony down, and Soraya is able to come down and make the save. She lays out Britt with a kick and stands tall, and that basically is the end of the show. Don't forget, we are getting to um, this tag match, Jamie and Britt versus uh, Soraya and a mystery partner. Uh, we still haven't really found out who that is, but I think sort of the picture is becoming a little clearer as time goes on. So um, as far as this match goes, I thought this match was extremely well done, hard hitting. But what would you expect out of Sheeta and uh, and Jamie Hayter? And, um, you know, again, we I don't think any of us legitimately thought that Sheeta was going to take this title off Jamie uh, since she had just won it. But um, the match delivered in a very short build. I thought it delivered. Um, Kate, I know you were, of course, in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't see the end of the show, but you've watched the gifts and read about it. So I'd like to, I guess I'll throw it to you first to get your thoughts. From what I understand, it was fantastic. Like a couple of really good things about this. One, I think this was the only title defense on the show tonight, right? So that's helpful. We're already seeing improvements of Ring of Honor not chewing up this much television time, which is fantastic. So it being the only title match also logically makes it the main event. So it didn't feel like we're putting the women in the main event. It was like your title match is the main event. Perfect. Very, very easy to do. This match 
fucking was great. I thought the ending especially was so good. Like that that ending, I think someone in the match or in the chat said it. Yeah, Kevin Sensei is saying the same thing. That ending sequence was fantastic. This was really, really refreshing to see. Sheeta looked awesome. Her kicks are incredible. She's like, she's always been good in the ring, but something's like clicking a little bit more. I think because they're letting her talk. Like, I think that's been really, really helpful. But something just, um, I guess we just weren't really having stories in the women's division all that much. So the fact that there was any story here was so helpful. Like, I feel like this was great for Sheeta too. Um, Jamie Hayter's reactions to not being able to put Sheeta away were awesome. Like you, you, she could not believe, and it looked sincere, not overwrought, like that Sheeta was not staying down for some of this stuff. But my God, they were laying their shit in and beating the crap out of each other. I thought this was an absolute blast, um, and, and well matched. Like I think people with different ring styles make matches. They kind of have similar ones, and I think in this case it was good. Because they wanted to beat the crap out of each other. Like they, they both they both hit really, really hard. So this felt like a main event. There was a story behind it. There were post-match shenanigans. The interesting thing with the mystery partner is they we saw Tony Storm come out, right? But at the same time, they're really pushing that like she isn't gonna be cleared, isn't gonna be cleared. So this is gonna be one of two things, right? It's gonna be surprise, she's cleared, or it's gonna be I'm not cleared. I don't know who to who's gonna be there. And it's I mean, best case scenario, it's Sasha Banks. I think we're we're reaching for the sky there, but like maybe Thunder Rose is coming back or whatever. Um, if it's not Sasha Banks, they need to tell us earlier than that day, because people are going to be, especially her coming off of her Russell Kingdom appearance, people are right. going to be extremely hyped about it. So if it ain't her, I would say they should let you know a week or two in advance, or at least the rampage before, but um, I, I was so in love with what we saw tonight and I, it just made me happy because Rampage was kind of just an average match, right? But the caliber of that average match is so much better than what we were seeing. And then we're seeing the women's title be defended in the main event slot with a story behind it. Like Tony Storm had the title in August and here we are just a few months later, like so much growth in such a short amount of time. Absolutely. Absolutely thrilled with what happened here. Schlong, anything you'd like to add about this main event? Oh, it sucked. Who, who wants to see this? Get back no, in the kitchen, gals. Exactly. That's where you belong. No, it's a great match. Um, I will say, and it's not a nitpick or anything. It's just it's something that happens in wrestling all the time, but it always makes me laugh. When Britt got the kendo stick to the to the midsection, you know, the ref was distracted. How does he not hear that? Like that's such a distinct sound. Oh, and then the kendo stick staying in there. And granted, it wouldn't have been a disqualification or anything because it was it was sheeted to, to Brit. But it's just like like you wouldn't turn around and be like, wait a minute, what was that sound? Um yeah, I really enjoyed this this match a lot. They're super physical, which I think was important. Just you know, not that you have to be super physical, but I think you had two physical people in there, so I think it was important that they got their style out there. Like this is who you had. Jamie Hayter still very much over. I kind of like that so far Britt hasn't been showing. She's only been showing the slightest bit of like Britness. Like she's been supporting Jamie. She's trying to help her win. So when that inevitable t turn happens, it's going to feel good because it's going to be like, oh, uh, 
she just deserves a lot more credit than she gets. She is such a good wrestler. She is usually a lot of people's best matches. She, she is she's intense. I'm trying to think. There was the aprons, couple apron spots that were just unbelievable. Uh, I'm trying not to speak to the ending because we already talked about how good that was. But that's such a believable clothesline. Jesus Christ! Yeah, rules. I and they are setting obviously setting up that tag match. Like Kate said, they're they're trying to throw us six different directions. Oh, Tony is or won't be. You, you're kind. I think there's a little bit of Sheeta thrown in there now. Uh. So they're throwing us every which way. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But this, there was a lot of attention before the match about it being a women's match in the main event. And I, you could have been really worried that it wasn't going to, you know, what happens if it doesn't deliver? Well, they don't have that concern now. It, it over-delivered, if anything. Like, it was that good. So really awesome for, for Jamie and Sheeta. Yeah, my concern is that the segment before it made them turn the channel. No, if anything, it brought more people in. They're like, we get to see two guys that we don't know who they are. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, either way, this was a fun match. I think overall the show is pretty entertaining, except for that uh, Rick Ross, uh, Swerve, uh, Keith Lee debacle. But a a fun uh, wrestling show on a Wednesday night what you'd want to see. <clears throat> so we'll look forward to next week's, um, you know, new year smash, uh, and, uh, wrap up the year of AEW in 2022, uh, on, on Wednesday nights, there'll still be a rampage on Friday. Um, so guys, only a couple pieces of news or notes, uh, from the past week. Uh, there was a little tease by triple a champ El Hio del Viking, uh, Vikingo, uh, going to AEW for a match with Kenny Omega. Um, he spoke with uh, Denise Salcedo prior to his GCW Los Angeles show on uh, Friday night. That was December 16th. Um, and he's committed to making an Omega match happen. He said the third time's a charm. It's now been two occasions that Kenny Omega and I were going to wrestle. But for this and that, it wasn't able to happen. Now I have a visa. Uh, so if he isn't going, if he doesn't come to Mexico, uh, then I will go look for him. Expect some big surprises. Why not have El Gran he, uh, in L.A., uh, which translates to the Great Horseman, uh, go and look for him in his own house. Anything can happen. My home, AAA, is always giving surprises. I don't know. Maybe in the future I will go to his house or him in ours or somewhere in the middle. Anything can happen. Um. So we know Kenny's got his match lined up uh, with Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, he's in the Best of Seven Championship Series with Death Triangle. Um, and uh, that's ending on January 11th in Los Angeles. Um, but hey, there's a lot of time in 2023. There's a lot of Forbidden Door stuff being talked about, maybe with uh, Ring of Honor. And that relationship can certainly spill over to AEW. So I don't know. Could be interesting. But it is making the news this, this last week. It is interesting. Hmm. Guys, it was also confirmed that uh, AEW is going to have some new sets debut with January 4th's Dynamite. Uh, so, again, a lot of the a lot of the talk was as they brought in, uh, you know, this new director uh, from his past days in WWE who was at uh, television last week uh, for AEW that maybe they he was feeling things out and getting used to some things. Um 
but uh, there have been reports that indicated that they're going to be getting a makeover in the new year. And in an interview with uh, TV insider, uh, Tony Khan informed us, uh, we won't have to wait long to see them. He said, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag necessarily, especially so close to the big day. But at the start of 2023, we're going to open the year on a Wednesday with on Wednesday, January 4th, with the first Dynamite in Seattle making a full year of Dynamite on TBS. We'll have a new look, to say the least. I'm excited about it. Uh, and he says he doesn't want to overhype it. It's a nice thing to present to the fans, but frankly, I found more so than ever. The more you talk about these, uh, the more you talk about these things. When you build them up, you don't want to create expectations that are impossible. I will say the set will be beautiful. And the Friday night show, he also said, will get a makeover, um, giving it a little bit of a distinct identity. He said the look of Rampage will also be different. This will affect the way people view AEW on Wednesdays and Fridays in terms of presentation with the set and the show um, with the same great uh, action. Um, uh, and he did speak about, um, uh, Mike Mansory. That's the gentleman who they had just signed, who had been with WWE. He said he just started with us and is a huge acquisition for AEW. He has so much knowledge in TV production to have him join us as a co-executive producer and senior production executive is really great for us. It's so important to have someone with his experience right now. He is evaluating things in terms of presentation. I'm excited about what he will add to AEW. So clearly they're getting ready to, to sort of give the new year. We've maybe been seeing some of it with the production they've already done, but I'm expecting, you know, obviously in 2023, everything will sort of be, you know, uh, switched over to Mike Mansory and he'll be really in control of the look and presentation on, on Wednesday night. So it's exciting. They're going to finally, you know, they're going to give things a facelift. It's been a couple of years. They haven't really changed their look, their presentation, their sets, maybe little things with like the way they have their, you know, Chiron or the cards pop up on the bottom of the screen for the wrestlers. But this would be the first major sort of set change that they have. So it could be fun. Yeah, I think that's a, a blast and like a good time to do it, probably. Um, I'm intrigued to see what the differences between Dynamite and Rampage are. Yeah, and that'll be interesting, too, because, um, you know, the way that they've been shooting things, you know, for a, a portion of 2022 is it's all shot on the same night. Right. So they'll do dynamite and then they will tape rampage afterwards. Towards the end of the year here, they shifted gears a little bit and they would do dynamite live Wednesdays. And then they had a number of live shows for rampage. So that would make sense where you can have different sets. If the sets are going to be completely different, it would be interesting to see if they have to tape them. What are they going to do? <laughs> you know, it can't yeah. be that different. You can't rip a set down and put a new one up, you know, to tape uh, an hour of television. So we'll see what happens. But I'm interested, you know, anytime you sort of give things a facelift, it just sort of helps breathe new life into the product. So I'm all for it. And last thing, guys, uh, it looks like uh, this past week, Griff Garrison uh had some surgery he went under the knife uh there haven't the been fuck is griff garrison you know that's a good question i'm not really too sure um but i think he's a wrestler um and there have harry really... potter house griff garrison indoor or whatever i to be honest i know you're fucking around here but i know nothing about harry potter I I, isn't it. a gryffindor thing well okay played, ryan's well applied. Played. Well played, so James. Yes. Well played. I don't even know if it's a house. I just know Gryffindors are a thing. 
Um, but as far as Griff Garrison goes, there haven't really been any uh, any details revealed in reference to the injury or how long he's going to be out. But he did put out a tweet uh, saying that he had to go under the knife. I'll be back in no time. So hopefully it's not a it's not a a, a long uh, injury, something that's sort of like a quick procedure that he'll be back here sooner rather than later. And that's definitely a guy who I'd like to see them do something with. He's he's big. He's got a great look. And he can wrestle too. Like we've seen him in in matches in you know with the Varsity Blondes, where we've been like, I want to see more Griff Garrison than I do Brian Pillman Jr. Um, so hopefully it's a quick thing and he will be back. So I don't oh, know, yeah. take that for what you will. But again, making the news this week, so wanted to talk about it. Honestly, guys, uh, that is it. Um, just giving a quick look to see if I can just find the updated ah. Uh, so for the uh, Friday Night Battle Royal, because I was looking to see if there was any um, any list of the combatants in the uh, in the tournament, uh, it will be the Blackpool Combat Club, the Best Friends, uh, Top Flight, and AR Fox. That could be a ton of fun. Dark Order, um, Roosh, Preston Vance, and Dralistico will be another team. Uh, the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian. This newly formed SAP uh, faction, which is an, uh, Angelico, Luther, and Serpentico. And then uh, Davari and the Varsity Athletes. Uh, for those who don't know, it's Josh Woods and Tony Nice. Um, so there's a lot of different styles in that, uh, in that match. Um, so, uh, so that could be a lot of fun. And we'll also get Billy Gunn and Bowens versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal Friday night, Jay Cardgill versus Vert Vixen for the TBS championship and, um, promos from Eddie Kingston and Ortiz as well as Wardlow. So Kate's going to get to see her mans on Friday night. It's true. I do feel like what we saw tonight was really strong. Things that I think are missing Miro and I know I'm biased, but Eddie Kingston should be in a somewhat mid to high title or mid to high profile uh, feud. Like he's just too valuable in that way to not be active unless there's injury or something else is going on or they're waiting for MJF or something. But um, he's just like, he makes everything feel so real. It's a good non-title guy to have around to put over other people. So. Uh, I would like to see him back on my screen, but it's also a good time for people to take vacations and wrestling. So maybe yeah. he's healing up. <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing with Miro's, there's been a lot of chatter out there that like Miro's ready to roll, but they yeah. don't have anything for him. <clears throat> I wonder if it's honestly just, we've got to get to the end of this year and then figure out sort of where we're going in 2023. I, yeah. I I'm with you. I think they have to use Miro. Like, I don't understand this. There's, got to be something for Miro to get involved with again i'm not sure if it's something that stems from the house of black being there and then leaving and all of those plans sort of falling apart because the elite looked like they were going to be doing something maybe with the house of black you know who knows it's all it's all sort of like hearsay and conjecture but th- there is no excuse that they have to basically say to Miro, we got nothing for you he's too good it's and I don't mean to be so harsh. It's it's silly. It's downright silly at this point. Kate, please be careful with what you're saying. I'm sorry. I know I don't want to get us like banned from YouTube, but it it is it's silly. It's just it's listen. Just silly. 
Ryan's already been banned on YouTube and he fought the PC police and won. Fought the PC I police and won. The law and the law lost. Well, I was I was gonna say I would hope you'd at least gloat on to brag about it three times. Well, this is just one. I gotta do it two more times. Yeah, you need two more times. Two more times. So we've Ryan's already done it. Um and just so you guys know, I know last week I teased like, hey, I'm working on something. Maybe I'll have it for this week. And it was only going to be for this week because it was related to Christmas. I worked on it and it just it was subpar. And if I can figure it out before the end of the week, maybe I'll put it out there in like an Instagram post or something. I was working on a Mark Order podcast was the night before Christmas. I parody. knew that's what you were doing. I knew it. But I start and I I literally was sitting down and writing it. And I was just like, I got to points at certain parts of it. And I'm like, I can't fucking figure out how to work this in. Like, I just as someone who tried to do the exact same thing. Very difficult. (laughs) It was tough because I really did. I I didn't want to cut parts out of that, you know, out of the poem. So I was trying to keep it all together. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work out. And I just couldn't piece it all together. So. I'll give it another try. If I can't get if I can get it to work, we'll put it out on our Instagram as like one of those note posts or whatever. So you guys can see it. Um, I just couldn't. It's fucking tough. Like it's for the first tough. fucking line. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. I had I worked that opening line. So many times I was like, it all sucks. I can't. <laughs> And it's far longer than you actually think it is. And then once you start trying to edit line after line, you're like, holy shit, this is long. I did have a good few portions of it that I liked where it was like, um, you know, the children were snuggled up in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. I had some version worked out and I had switched it a couple times, but it would, it was something where I was able to work in millionaire Matt sleep jerking. Perfect. I mean, it was just like while visions of millionaire Matt sleep jerking ran through their heads or something like that. And I was just like, it was working. And then I just, again, I hit certain points of that poem and I was like, fuck this. I can't find the word to rhyme. It's a tough one. Anyway, so my apologies to anybody who was like, hey, what about? Yeah, it didn't fucking work out. So, guys, why don't we do this? Let's uh, let's hit our plugs uh, and uh, wish everyone a merry holiday. Um, Kate, why don't you tell the people where you're going to be? Uh, Tuesdays at the NXT Post Show on Fightful YouTube, as well as AW Rampage and SmackDown Review on Fridays. Since Ryan plugged it earlier, I also do get the flick out of here on the Know Your News channel, which is us reviewing weird or bad or weird movies uh, <laughs> and shows, which is a whole bunch of fun. And then Mondays, uh, most of the time now, I join on the Raw Fightful Select Post Show because I hate myself and I watch Raw. Uh, but not on Christmas Day, I ain't doing that shit. So, uh, But that's where I'll be, and I will come back with my January date for Excite Wrestling Commentary, and we will pick a word. We're going to have something figured out. We will. Hell yeah. Shlong, why don't you tell the people where you're at when you're not here? Just partying, hanging out, getting wild. Uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays, you can find me live tweeting dark and dark elevation. Uh, and then the rest of the time, just run our Twitter. So at Mark Order Pod on Twitter. Uh, that's at Mark Order Pod. Just be nice. Don't be a dick. 
You can be a dick to Cade. Apparently, that's just a thing that happens regularly. So it's true. Standard story tracks. And I'm usually just always almost uh, almost always here on Wednesdays. Uh, I won't be here next week. So it's just going to be Kate and Ryan wrapping things up for the year. I know, Kate, you're disappointed. I'm sorry. I'm not mad, but I am disappointed. Yeah, I get it. Just don't, you know, don't blow up on air over it. I we make I make other. no promises that in nine and a half years I won't go okay. ballistic. Right now we still appreciate each other though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right each now, other and the Dory. <laughs> uh, so I'll just plug some of the other things we normally do. As Ryan said, check us out on our socials uh, at Mark Order Pod, the Twitter, the Instagram, all that kind of stuff, the TikTok. Um, so give us a follow there that, uh, that helps us and certainly helps spread the word. If you can at Mark Horta pod, uh, we thank all of those who were watching with us tonight and chatting Gordon post cabbage sensei, uh, Bay Bay jumped in at the end. Uh, Slonamite was here. Asian Joe, uh, Greg cherry. Uh, I saw somebody else pop in the middle. Blah, 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 blah. Greg cherry. Uh, but nobody's gonna help me. It's fine either way. Um, Gina said hi and bye. Gina did say hi and bye. Um, but there were Gordon Post. I know I did say Gordon Post. There were a few others, so my apologies if I didn't. But we appreciate you guys always, as always, chatting along with us and watching live. It's so much fun to have you guys here in the chat. We see you talking to each other, too, which is awesome that we can sort of have this little community of live listeners. If you are listening to us in podcast form, we absolutely appreciate you, too. Thank you so much for listening to us in podcast form. I don't Uh, watch it on YouTube, cowards. Hey, hey. Well, that's the nice thing, Kate, is even if they listen in podcast form, they can go back on YouTube and watch us, uh, you know, watch what we do. When we do it, so that way when there's dead air, they could see how we're fooling around on video. Uh, we, are, or, we are silly gooses, as Dalton Castle would say. Absolutely. I mean, you can go back in our archives and see the captain on Sexy 69. Uh, Matt losing his shirt on one episode. The cat fight that happened. The literal cat fight that happened one night on air that scared the shit out of us. Especially um, Matt. Yeah, and Matt. Um so that's all on our YouTube. And just so you guys know, I've been going back through YouTube and trying to add the actual episode titles. I didn't realize I could do that because I've just really been not looking at YouTube. So you can go back and find everything on YouTube. And for everybody, we appreciate anybody who can and will or would like to subscribe, like, rate, review on YouTube on your podcast platforms, all that stuff absolutely helps us out. You might not think it does, but it's super helpful to us. So thank you for those who have done it and who will continue to do it. We're going to plug the pro wrestling tees store again. Uh, if you would like to support us and buy a t-shirt, head over to pro wrestling slash Mark order pod. We've got four designs up. Um, we don't see a ton of money from those shirts, but it helps Anything helps us. So please and thank you if you'd like to buy a shirt. And thank you to those who have bought a shirt. We love you guys. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll get a phone call from one of us uh, thanking you for a T-shirt. We'll talk about that. Um, And if you don't want to uh, get a T-shirt, you just want some stickers, you can absolutely do that. We love sending stickers out all over the world. Believe me, we've done it. Canada, 
Texas. Where even is Canada? I think it's south of Europe. It's it's America's suburb. Oh, okay. I was completely wrong. Ireland, Spain. Uh, we send them all over the place. So if you want some free stickers in our social platforms, uh, you can head to our profile. There's a link tree and it has a, a, a form to fill out to get some stickers. Just give us your email, your name, address, mailing address, and then um, uh, the country you live in. And we'll send you out some free Mark Order podcast stickers, version one and two. Uh, other than that, I don't think I have anything else left to plug or anything like that. Um, since I won't be here next week, I will say this uh, to everybody uh, who listens. Thank you so much for supporting us in 2022. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. I can't believe I get to do this with my friends on a weekly basis and people actually want to listen to it. Hell so yeah. it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we like being able to do this for you guys. So personally for me, thank you for your support in 2022. I hope everybody has a happy, healthy, safe holiday and the same for your new year celebrations. Please be safe on new years. We want to see you back in 2023 in the chats and interacting with us. So thank you for me. If you guys like to say anything about the holidays or wish people well, please feel free. We will be here next week, but I will say to Ant, he's like the bedrock of a lot of what goes on here. If, you are in the chat and don't know, but um, he really took charge with a lot of the stuff that makes this machine run other than, you know, I would say Matt's quarterly appearance is probably really the, the thing that keeps us going. But outside of that, uh, <laughs> Ant is huge, huge, hugely important to, to what we do here. Um, and we hope you have a happy holiday, buddy. And I'll, I'll save the rest of it for, for next week. But if you don't join us next week, have a wonderful and safe holiday and um, you know, we won't see you before Christmas. So have a wonderful Christmas. If you celebrate, enjoy the rest of Hanukkah, if you celebrate that. And if you're in the Northeast, stay safe during the weather that is projected as well. And um, I'll just put this out there. I can't speak for millionaire, Matt, and we should plug the shining wizards on Mondays. Uh you should definitely go back and listen to this. Past start listening episode. next week. I no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm with Kate on this one. This no way. My, uh... Monday's episode was great. Fucking cringe radio. I loved every second of it. But the whole point of that was, um, I know the weather here in the Northeast is getting very cold. It might be possible we see some millionaire Matt here at the start of 2023. Oh, very true. He might get snowed out of any potential gigs he has. And I think his suspension ends at the calendar year. Yes, right? I so believe as long you as are right. He's paid his fine. We should be good. Yeah. So who knows? We'll see what's coming in 2023. Shlong, you want to say anything before the Christmas holiday to those who uh, are, are out there? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Nine more years. Nine more years, and I'm you gonna blow up it on again. This guy. You said ten. You said nine and a, nine years and a hundred days. Now it's just nine years. Yeah, the more this guy goofs off, the sooner it's coming. That's what I'm saying. You know. Oh, gosh, that's mean. My goodness, guys! Thank you so much to the two of you. Have a happy holiday merry christmas uh i'm sure i will be talking to you guys over the next you know couple weeks but uh merry christmas love you guys 
look forward to doing this with you in 2023. And uh, to those out there, tune in next week for the Mark Order podcast. Same time, same channel. And we will see you later. the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.